Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment and a classic retrospective horror franchise. Dealing with the Halloween movies, we've hit just over the halfway mark, guys. Well done. Ooh. I'm your host, Dal White, and joining me throughout, Katie Watson. Hello. Justin Macaroni. Oi, bubble liberty. Alison Holland. Hi. Oh boy, guys. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. We're going to be talking about the producer's cut predominantly, but we will mention the regular theatrical cut as well. Came out in 1995. Gets a straight down the middle. 5 out of 10 on the IMDb's. If you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head over to weirdgeeks.com where you can patch out to our social medias. And also, more importantly, Weird Geeks on iTunes. You can subscribe to us and rate us. We do this for free. No Patreons. No crowdfunding, no banner ads, no government no funding, no backhand deals, no black market deals. Shrimp what? Dealers, we're not nothing. getting backhand deals. No. Thought we were promised backhand deals. I want a backhand. Just, front, just front hand <laughs> deals. Give you a backhand. So please do. We are geeks. Takes you thirty seconds. Helps us out immeasurably if you can just uh, subscribe, rate, and share us if you're so kind. All right. Guys, before we get into stuff, 95, we want to take a little look at the year. That's how we like to start. Ali? Yes. Top 10 box office movies worldwide of 95. What just happened? You said take a look at it. So taking a look As at it. As you take a look, you my, make a little square on your eyeballs. It's around my eyes. <laughs> <Rain> Rainbow? Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Oh my God. All right, here we go. No, God. <laughs> I remember 95 very clearly. God has nothing so to do with this, this. I think. Number 10. Hang on, is this the first one we covered when we're all alive for this one? Yes. <laughs> the last one was 89. Uh, number 10. 10. Thank you. Let me point it, Jesse. Number 10 was No, Justin. I was waiting for my <laughs> echo. No, he was 88. Jumanji. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. For some oh, reason, I always think it's so a little older. good. What? <laughs> nah. Why is that bad? Nah. You're a big fan of this one, aren't you? Duh. I've only seen this since I was with you. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because he's British. <laughs> so good. I'm dead inside. Robin Williams, There's baby. There's a CGI rhino that's hilarious. Yeah, and a little fat rhino. So he's bringing up the rear. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Number nine. nine. Thank you. <laughs> Waterworld. Oh, that was well, awesome. That's a good one, too. I mean, technically one of the biggest flops of all time. Yeah. Kevin Costner, The Postman, and Waterworld. It blackened his name in Hollywood. Unfairly, Kevin Costner. Fantastic actor. And many great films. He's back. Is he back? Yeah. Brilliant. He, he was in a Superman. Oh, well, that's Let's already go. back. <laughs> I mean, he's slowly coming back. And then he was in a, I can't remember the movie was recently. There was like something sitting with him. I was like, oh, he's back, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? The other old guy, Birdman, um, Batman. Michael, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely back. Yeah. Don't know about, I don't know about our, um, did I just say Kevin Costner? <laughs> what? Kevin I mean, Costner was on Interstellar. He's still making stuff. Yeah. Wasn't he in Interstellar? No, he's not in Interstellar. He was in something. Oh, he was in Molly's Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was good. Uh, he was very good in Molly's Game. That's what I saw him yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, he was very that was good. It. That's true. I still haven't seen that. I mean, I don't know if he's back. 
Well, he like, back. He's fine. He back. He's like low key back. He like yeah. He's you know, like yeah. Got work dude, in the race. He's like, he got work. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> What's number eight, Allie? Number eight, eight. is Casper. Oh, also oh. so good. Yeah, it just kind of That movie yeah. made me really upset because I was like, Bill Yo. Pullman and the dad could have both came back at the same time. Just, eh. both, just Bill Pullman wanted to hang out with the, all the ghost friends at the both. end. Could have both just been in the machine together at the same time. I don't really remember this movie at all. Your dad's a ghost at the end. I'm spoilers. Uh, <laughs> thanks. All I remember is being a very young teenager and going to cinema and seeing Christina Ricci and being she's pretty. She is pretty. All right. <laughs> seven. seven. Is that number seven? Oh, I tricked you. I tricked you because I already saw the list. Dun, dun, dun. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Seven, seven is, at seven. Uh, Seven is my favorite film of all time, along with Buffalo 66. I draw between Buffalo the two. Buffalo 66. Be a lot if it was number seven. It's my favorite movie of all time. Be a lot cooler. Perfection. Be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> I do. It's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> perfection. Number six. Six. Batman Forever. This is not <laughs> perfection. Mm-hmm. It says forever in the name. Forever perfect. Although this is better than Batman and Robin, to be fair. Yeah. This is the Val Kilmer one. Oh, I like Before Black George Clooney played Batman with nipples. Nipple bad. This one's got Clooney flaming lips on. It's got Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Tommy Lee Wallace as Two-Face. See, and all the good yeah. things. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I know, it sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it is better than Batman and Robin. Cool. All right. Number, <laughs> number five, five. Pocahontas. Just around the river bend. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Pocahontas. Yeah, it's a good one. Is that like the only true story that Disney have done as, as an animation? I mean, well, true story without the same trees. The beast is unreal. Well, also, also finding Nemo and just go like, oh, John, like, wasn't she forced, technically? What? Hmm? All that? I don't know. Was like, what? accurate? Well, I mean, it's like based on real people. It's not a true, yeah. yeah. I'm saying Pocahontas is based on a true story. Yeah, but also, well, I mean, up to this point, uh, Milan is based off of the... Fable Mulan. Well, that's like, is that a true fable? I don't know. They don't yeah. know. That's something they like. Well, we do know with Pocahontas. Real life shit. We were just there. Well, that area. We were. We hung out. East with area. Us. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> Allie, um, Rain of Sin. Mm-hmm. Number four. four. Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> One of people's favorite bomb films. He's warming up to it. <laughs> You don't like Pierce Brosnan? No. Why would I like him? Because he's, he's your great. people. In what? Matador? Stuff. Matador? <laughs> Maybe anything other than a Bond film that Matador? I know stuff he's in, and now as soon as I could see him on like VHS. You no, know it's good. Oh, I've never seen a Matador. Ah, you would like it. I just don't like him. He's a smarmy boy. I don't like smarmy boys. Mm, that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, Parent Trap. Don't like Parent Trap. Damn. The new one? Wasn't That's Lana's favorite movie of all time. Well, the new one? Shame on her. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wasn't no. Pierce Brosnan one? was the dad, right? I don't know. I might I be making this so. up. So. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Dennis Quaid, yeah. Do you like Dennis Quaid? Yeah, he's right. Cool. You're all right in my <laughs> Dennis book. Dennis Quaid's great. Has she seen the original? Yes, I believe she has. What? Has she seen Seven? <laughs> the other greatest film of all time? <laughs> That's her number seven favorite film. <laughs> all right, number three. three. Apollo 13. Oh, Don Howard. Tommy Hanks. These were in the days. I remember going to see this film 
And these were in the days where you had to queue down the fucking, like, you were in the mall to go to cinema and the queue was like out past like seven restaurants down the escalators. You had to queue up for two hours to get into the cinema. You wouldn't have assigned seating. And it was a fucking big deal. When you went to see the big blockbusters in the 90s, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah, because you couldn't buy your tickets online ahead of time. So you had to actually go in person. Well, you could go go and buy them in advance, but you wouldn't have a seat assignment ever. And you still had to just queue up. Like the big films, like, because cinemas declined, declined, declined. This year it's actually up 11%, I think it is, from last year. Uh, But it's on a steady decline of attendance. Um, Even assigned seating, people get all, they don't know how to, Tell which seat is theirs. It's so yeah. stupid. Beauty and the Beast, it was literally around the block almost twice. You were outside around the I wish I got block. to see Beauty and the Beast in cinema. It was crazy. It was Beauty nice. It was like, it was like you know, it was an event to go to the right. blockbuster film. Oh, yeah. Number two, two. Die Hard with a Vengeance. This is maybe my favorite Die Hard, actually. I love this film. I think it's great. Very die long. Die Hard Samuel L. Jackson. with a Vengeance. Being great. Die Hard. It's a vengeance. That's the theme song. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Drill. Very good film. Yeah. Number, Number one, one of 1995, Toy Story. That was Woo! a number one film. Yeah. I mean, that was so a, good. I supported, I, I supported that uh, success by going to see it twice. <laughs> you really? Yeah. I mean, this film, have you seen this recently? There's a snake in uh, my so boot. Yeah, it looks really bad. Very bad. Doesn't home, they should just go back and remaster it. The problem with all the CGI animated movies is that they can't last, so it's like, that's why the 2D ones are so good. Especially they still look great. Incredibles. Compared to the new Incredibles, you're like, oh, damn. Really? Yeah. I wasn't that impressed with the new Incredibles. I didn't think it looked that great. I thought it looked fine. If you look at the old one, you're going to be like, oh, this is so way better. better. Yeah. yeah, it's really disappointing, that stuff. It's like computer games, isn't it? It's the same deal. Thank you, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those have you seen? Three. That's pretty good. Which ones? Toy Story 7 and Parent Pocahontas. Trap. And then you're good. You don't Parent you're good Trap? Parent Trap's not on here. Oh, why were you talking about Parent Trap? <laughs> you, said Parent Trap. <laughs> you said Parent Trap at one point. No, I didn't. We were talking about GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. no, you said it was Lada's favorite. Well, what? No, no. I you said, said Parent Trap. You no, 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 no. We were talking about uh, George... Oh, no, no. What's... Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Oh. And then I just threw your curveball. And then you brought play. up oh. Parent I was Trap. Like, you like Parent oh. Trap? And then I said, that's Dennis Quaid in the new yeah. one. Oh, Babe was number 11, right at the cusp. <laughs> That's not a creepy movie. What movie? What? Babe. That'll do, mm. pig. That'll do, that'll do pig. That'll do pig. That'll do donkey. All right, thank uh, you very much, Allie, for the top 10 films in 95. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Walk down memory lane. Walk down memory lane. Justin. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Musical over there. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us what horror films were in competition? Because we were between 1989 when the last one came out, and now we're in the horror slump. And this is known as the horror slump. Not yeah, much six great. Six years later. Out. Let's give it to you. It is Candyman, colon, farewell to the flesh. Yeah. Not a great Candyman sequel. Yeah. He ate nice spicy food. Let's say farewell to that flesh. Basically. The Halloween, colon, New Moon Rising. Yep. More howling fucking movies. <laughs> no. I still no. keep thinking you guys I know, are saying I keep the Halloween. Halloween. The Howling. There you go. Howling. Howling. That's helpful. Thank you. Howling. <laughs> Every time <laughs> you say this movie, three. that's how you should say Yes. Leprechaun 3? Yeah. Man, we're in the doldrums. <laughs> we are dragging through the cesspits. Yep. Lord of Illusions. <laughs> this is what Clive Barker went off to do. His dream oh, project, Clive-y. why he made Hellraiser, was to make Lord of Illusions mm. with Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap as Stop like this magician. 
Is it good? No, it's terrible. I want to watch <laughs> Have it. Have you seen Clive Barker's films before? <laughs> yeah, but I love Scott Bakula. I mean, yeah, you, you should watch it, but it's terrible. Sounds great. The Manager. Mangler, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Manager's even scary. That's a real like, life game. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. The <laughs> is one of the I mean, there are a lot of bad Stephen King movies. This is one of maybe the worst. The Mangler is fucking terrible. <laughs> Would it be better if we called it The Manager? <laughs> the fear we all know. Clean up in aisle four. <laughs> <clears throat> a long Night of the Scarecrow. That is actually pretty decent. I'm always looking for an amazing Scarecrow movie because I think they could be so scary. They don't move. Um, well, you know, if one moved. <laughs> yeah, there is one. That's it's what Jeepers Creepers is. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah Jeepers Creepers has a cut in number two has some good Scarecrow moments at the He's beginning. He's in mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, but the night Scarecrow and then there's one just called Scarecrow in the 80s, which are both good. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll report you. It's your list, Justin. Yeah, I'm going to say about this one. Piranha. Piranha. We're into the remake now. So we had the original ones. We had the sequel, The Spawning, and now we're into... This is actually the 90s remake. There was another remake when we get to Alexandra Azure with the modern one with all the boobs and craziness. And Nate, oh, went, right. up. Nate went up for a role in, in that movie. Whoa. Yeah. So get to on, Nate. Or something. The Prophecy. Christopher Walken's. Horror series. Yeah, it's the Christopher War. I can't do it. I'm not sure. He's in the room. Spaceys. BG, well, that was a big one. Spaceys. Yeah. big. That's the one where she's like on the train and the thing gets created, right? Or like, there's. Is that the one? Species is like a. It was the genius idea they had in the 90s to a big it's like budget. like a girl, right? She's like a little movie. girl that escapes, runs away, and then she grows into like. She evolves. She becomes like a woman. Well, she's an alien. Yeah, she's an alien. And, she, and the way that they take over is by they have to, she has to have sex. Yeah. Basically. So it starts <laughs> so off. She's, she's like in a. It's, I think that's the one where she starts off like in the facility. She escapes. Maybe. And then yeah. she like runs away. And then Sounds they're right. like, by now she'll be a grown woman, even though it's like only been a couple of. Oh yeah. Like, maybe around. that's not yeah. right. But it was yeah. basically an excuse for let's have sci-fi horror where the girl has skin and they can have sex with everybody. Yeah. So like under the skin, but she doesn't eat them. Yeah, well, yeah. it's actually just like under the skin, but. <laughs> Slocky, just like, but they had big budget. It was Pretty like a big cinema film. Yeah, I remember seeing like it. I was like, Whoa, this is crazy, cool. And then it blended like alien species and yeah. No, if you're a teenage aliens, boy in the nineties, uh, that film was everything. Got, like <laughs> confused. There's a little film called Texas Chainsaw Massacre: colon, The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, this is all right, the best one. Yeah, you can listen to our review of that. Weirdgeeks.com. Spoilers, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the best for last, Seven. Seven. It's La Dan's favorite movie of all time. And she's mm. very right. Very right. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Pierce Brosnan. So <laughs> <laughs> she nearly killed me with the Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Dennis Quaid's hidden camera prank with Ellen? Where he goes into a Starbucks and she's in his ear telling him everything he has to do and say. No. It's so good. That sounds pretty great. It's great. I've seen the one where she does Worth that with watch. Adele. And that's pretty great. Yeah, she's done it with a few Adele, people. Adele like, puts her hands in. I can't remember what she puts her hands into, but it's something that's not. It's like unsanitary. Place, right? Oh, yeah. Like a jamba juice. She's like, start, she reaches over and starts yeah. grabbing the, what's it called? Wheatgrass? Yeah. It's yeah. something like that. And she just she's like, like puts like it in her it. mouth. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's great. So funny. So other than Seven, which many people wouldn't consider horror, um, and but it's definitely not your normal type of horror. That's crazy. Horror's in a terrible, terrible place. 
1995. Bad things were a year out from Scream coming and changing everything. And you can hear all about that on our Scream podcast. Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. So what happened? Miramax, Dimensions, they're on a bidding war with New Line Cinema for the franchise. You may have noticed at the beginning of this film, Dimension Films came up. Now, you had seen that a lot in the 90s. That's Bob Wein, or Bob and Harvey Weinstein's horror company. It's really Bob's. And it was invented at the time. They bought the Halloween series. They bought Hellraiser, so we'll have seen that a lot. Um, and their first unique property, I believe, was Scream 1. Um, and that really was the temple for their entire company. They won Halloween. This was going to be their first one. So this is the first time we've got a truly new company, lots of money. Miramax were in the head of their game right there. They just made like Pulp Fiction and stuff. People with English Patient. They were Oscar winning company. Oh, the English Patient. And this was their horror spinoff company. They had a great relationship at the time with a little director called Tarantino. And they were interested in this guy called Scott Spiegel, who had written The Evil Dead 2, written and directed Intruder, which we talked about last week. And there are rumors all over. I mean, this film, there's so many, so much info, so many rumors about this one. Tarantino was wanting to write this film. And there are a lot of rumors that say he did write the original script for this film, which was then revamped, 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 revamped in a Hollywood way. I did as much research as I could to check into stuff. I don't think it's true. I mean, he was definitely interested in it. He's a huge slasher fan. He's a huge Michael Myers fan. It does not feel like a Tarantino script at all. Well, no, it would. I mean, like by the time you get, you know, you'll be eight drafts away from whatever his original idea was. But no, I don't think it was. He is a big Michael Myers fan. I can totally believe because they went. What we know is they went to him to try and get to Scott P- Spiegel to ask him to direct it. Uh, he was desperate to do a slasher film, and the rumor was he was going to write and produce Halloween Six while Spiegel directed. But it all fell apart pretty quickly. So it's quite possible it did get to that stage. Like it was a time when Tarantino had a lot of power. Suddenly he could do whatever he wanted to. And he really wanted to make a slasher film. So he probably did at some point sit down. He was good friends with Weinstein. He probably sat down and had a conversation with him at some point. And that's probably where all the rumors came from. I doubt he ever put pen to paper and wrote a proper script. Daniel Farrens was a huge fan of the series. He had a notebook filled with research, timelines, bios for every character, family trees, and then research on a runic symbol of fawn that had appeared in Halloween 5 without them knowing what the fuck they were going to do with it. Sounds like Tommy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and obviously the word Sam Hain, which was mentioned way back in Halloween 2. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. On the Donald Pleasant threw yeah. out his like, written on the school board and he threw out a little thing about, oh, this is the evil of blah, blah, blah. The Lord blah. of the dead. These weird throwaway lines. And this guy took it all. I was like, what can I do with all Put these Put him in his pieces? little chopper keeper. Wow. <laughs> He wanted to write a script that would bridge one, two, four, and five while pushing into a new future that would allow them to do different things after this. And God bless him. Like, I've watched this film a few times. It is known as a terrible mess, particularly in the theatrical version. And the producer's cut is known as better because it tells a coherent story, but stupid. <laughs> as the ending, I think, proves. But I will say straight off the bat, I think he did what he was trying to do. He tried to tie in all these films. I think he did do it. Yeah. He took the words... The ruin, all these families, all of the like different members, yeah. everybody's somebody to right. do with the previous films. Even number three is sort of in here in a weird way. All the stuff to do with and druids, to do with the stones, <laughs> the power of the stones. Like <clears throat> it weirdly does tie in all the Halloween films. He's basically like a person who went through garbage, like, oh, I'm gonna recycle. <laughs> yeah. And he exactly. went in, you're like, Well, you made what can the best I build trash. with this? Pretty much. <laughs> Took all the trash. Still you could. trash, but it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. He wrote a script Ish. called Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers. Uh, it was very moody, apparently psychological. The producers loved it, and Donald Pleasant signed on board. But then the script, of course, was rewritten. 
Peter Jackson was asked to direct. He was asked <laughs> to direct a lot at this time. This was before he really became famous. He'd just done Heavenly Creatures and he had been doing horror schlock in Australia for a while. All right. So. And then Fred Walton looked ready to do it. The director of the original When a Stranger Calls, which is a classic. When a Stranger Calls. You are a musical boy today. Uh, <laughs> and I like it. They signed on Joe Chappell as director. Joe Chappell. He was quite open in telling the crew, the many crew accounts of this, that he didn't like the Halloween films. Wow. And was only involved with this film as it got him a three-picture deal with Miramax. And that was a deal. Shot this, he could do three other films that he wanted to do, which included the next film he did with Miramax. Or was it just before this, actually? I can't remember which way around it was. That you and I just saw quite recently, Katie, called Phantoms. Ben Affleck. Oh, the weird right. little town that's empty. I didn't finish strange it. Strange creatures. It was really good, though. It is. It's a really good little beam. I haven't finished it, but I want to. Ben Affleck is the bomb in Phantoms. Yep. So, yeah, but he didn't really care about Halloween. He was just here for the paycheck, essentially, and the deal. It's a pretty good deal. For part six, they wanted someone who looked like Daniel Harris. Was over 18. Good call. So, here's the problem. Yeah, Daniel Harris was 17. So it was going to be a lot more trouble for them to shoot with her. You might have asked, why is Jamie not played by Daniel Harris? This is where it actually gets more complicated. Uh, so in order to do it, they told her to get emancipated. You know what that means? Yeah, you become your own. You become a legal adult. Exactly. So it costs thousands of dollars. You have to go to the court numerous times. You have to do loads and loads of paperwork and basically prove that you are an adult and you take full responsibility for your actions when you're not 18 yet. She did all of that for them. She went for it all, paid the money herself. They did not pay these bills. She paid thousands of her own money because she badly wanted to be in the next Halloween movie. She'd been in the previous two. Yeah, it's the trilogy. She was 17 now and she wanted to go back and do something like that. After meeting with everyone, after she'd done it, Danielle felt that something had changed and the people who were in charge weren't really in touch with what Halloween was anymore. She wasn't really understanding where they were trying to push it, what their idea was for where the franchise needed to go. And they ended up offering her scale. Justin, do you want to explain to the public what scale is? Yeah. So scale is just like your like basic rate. So when you're an actor, you can get like a, a quote. So it's depending on like what your previous earned income. I guess that would be considered like a salary. And then you would also get paid the scale for just showing up for the day. And then you could get percentage on the back end. So she was just offered like an hourly rate almost kind of. That's what it'd be like. Basically the most bum deal yeah. you could have. Yeah. And it wasn't even going to cover what she'd already paid personally to get emancipated. So she was going to be out of money. So she was a little pissed by this, a little bewildered. There are a lot of different stories about this, but I watched a little interview with her where she talked about it. She's pretty calm about it, pretty honest. Both sides she did try to make it work, but then Daniel was rung up by someone from the company who basically said to her, your character is a scale character. And this wasn't Bob or Harvey, this was actually a lady. Um, who worked for them that your character is a scale character you die at the beginning of the movie you get paid scale so daniel was like but i was like you know the lead of the last two movies i feel like i deserve more than that and she said no your character is a scale character Damn. daniel said fine and walked away and never came back um and i just lost all that money yes yeah, so they had to replace her the woman who replaced her as actually gets a lot of hate mail on all the platforms god bless her She's not that bad. And she's, she's friends fine. with Daniel. They're good friends with each other. So Daniel had to come out in public and say, look, I, this is my friend. Please fine be with nice her playing to her. me. Be nice to her. Like, it's just a movie. But people are dicks. And it's true. fans are even bigger dicks and horror fans. Oh, boy. They're, oh, they're like comic book fans. You don't want to mess with them. Yeah. Beth. 
Which one's that? Who's the Beth in this? Beast. Uh, mom? mom? No, Kara's the mom. Oh, yeah, Kara's the mom. mom. I'm going down Beth. Her mom? Hang on, let me just double check. Oi, Beth. No, Deborah's her mom. There's no one called Beth in this, oh, is there? The, yeah, it's the, the hospital lady. Or the nurse, right? The one that's like, come, come so. this way. I'm going to get on the IMDb and just check for if there's a Beth in there. Because I think it's Kara. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. Who's Marianne Hagen? Marianne Hagen is played. Kara Strode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it was meant to be Kara. I don't know why I've got Beth written down here. I mm. thought they said that. Uh, she looks like a Beth to me. <laughs> I they, and I thought, I'm pretty sure they said that in the uh, interview. But hey, people say weird things. Uh, my ears hear weird things. Denise Richards. Do you remember her? It was a big deal in the 90s. Remember Denise Richards? She was in Wild Things with okay. Kevin Dillon and Neve Campbell. Oh, Beth is the girlfriend, the brother's girlfriend. Oh. oh. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. She was in the James Bond film, The World Is Not Enough. She was in Starship Troopers. She was in Love Actually. This girl. Now she looks a bit weird. Denise Richards. Oh, yeah. She was oh, like okay. the lead in uh, oh, yeah. Super Troopers. Yeah, yeah. She was the lead in uh, Starship Troopers. Was she in this? Uh, no, she was meant to play that role. Which role? Beth. 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 The girlfriend uh, of But she was brother. turned down for being, quote, all boobs. <laughs> yeah, because this girl's got no boobs yeah, that they picked. Yeah, which is also ironic because then Marianne Hagen almost didn't get the leading role of Cara Strode because Miramax, as in Weinstein, said she's too thin and her chin is too pointy. She's very thin. <laughs> and she was told this, like her agent then came back to her and said, like, your chin, they said your chin's too pointy. So she said she had a big, like, complex for quite a while. Oh, a very yes. pointy chin. Producer Paul Freeman and Joe Chappelle were reportedly rewriting the ending on set, even from shot to shot literally as it was happening. Freeman sent the whole crew home when crucial scenes hadn't even been shot, deleted script scenes, rewrote dialogue and action, and then decided to direct Sackens' unit him, um, himself, as well as supervise the post-production phase. And this resulted in Miramax taking control of the film and then ordering reshoots, which changed everything. But we'll get a bit more into that when we get to it. All right. Wow. So yeah, this, this film, honestly, you could talk for hours. We're not going to. I mean, we are. But we're not going to talk for as many hours <laughs> as you could talk to about. There are whole books that could be written about this movie and how it got made. But we, it was directed by Joe Chappelle. He's gone on to direct, well, he was directed The Wire. He directed a lot of The Wire. Fringe, CSI Miami, and Phantoms. Written by Daniel Farrens, who did a bunch of stuff I don't know, but he did adapt The Girl Next Door, um, which was a Jack Ketchum book. DP Billy Dixon. He went on to do Night Rider 2000, a load of Ali McBeal, One Tree Hill. And now he seems to mostly DP Macy's 4th of July parade <laughs> videos. Dude, that's hey. a super sweet gig, though. Oh, he is. Yeah, because, like, I, if it goes how things happen, like residuals and all that, and, like, yeah. how many people watch it, like, Probably. that's a lot of airtime. That's pretty much every year. That's pretty much all he does, though. You look at his IMDb, it's just he comes out of retirement once a year, I think, to do that. Amazing. Weird. Dude, that's so that's good. A good paycheck. That's a super sweet gig. <laughs> Music by Alan Howarth and Paul Rabjohns, who did Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. I don't know which one, so we should say in the original cut, electric guitar rockin' in the yeah. cut we watched. <laughs> it doesn't even really do that much synth in the one we watched. It's way more oh. back to no, the pianos yeah. from yeah. the original. I'm was- not sure which musician did which version. I feel like Aaron Alan Howarth would be the dude to pick up electric guitar since he was enjoying his <laughs> noises last time <laughs> yeah. and getting experimental. He'd but be who knows? Pushing it. Starring Donald Pleasance for the last time as Dr. Loomis. Oh. Introducing Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle. Woo! Yeah. A little kid she babysits that from the first film. Marion Hagen as Kara Strode, which is technically a cousin. She's been in State Land, Perfume, and Friends, and a whole bunch of stuff. Who would have thought 
Tommy would grow up to look as handsome as Paul Rudd. Good looking man. Nobody would have thought that he (laughs) turned into Paul Rudd. Especially because he was super blonde in a movie we just watched. Oh, yeah. Mitchell Ryan as Dr. Wynn. Kim Darby as Deborah Strode. You knew her from, what was it? Better Off Dead. She's the mom who makes all the weird food. Oh, fuck yeah. It's like smoking and green and all this other stuff. I think she looks like she might be a nice lady, but something about her drives me crazy on screen. Just something about well, her, her voice look. is way less obnoxious in this than it is in Better Off Dead. That's true. In Better Off Dead, she's like, oh, dear. Also introducing, I believe, Devin Gardner as Danny. And also Bradford English was in this, who's the father. He is in so much stuff. And you look up his IMDb, it's insane. In the mm. A-Team, Dallas, Seinfeld, Basic Instinct, Wolf, Party of Five, Frasier, The X-Files, NYPD Blue, Ali McBeal, Mad Men. He's been in everything, but normally like one episode, you know. Right. So we kick off the film, Mustafa Akkad presents, of course, Mustafa. Halloween 6 with the thorn as the A. See what they did there? I did see it. How smart. Mm. October the 30th, 1995. That was smart. A woman in labor being wheeled into what looks like a factory, but no, it's a druid lair. <laughs> Those freaking druids. <laughs> did you notice this all filmed like stretched for some reason in the beginning? I have yeah. no idea why. The ratio was all like. It was very weird. Yeah. How did you do that? I used to think it was just theatrical, like jazzing it up. So this version would be proper. It's not for some reason. It's still stretched. It's weird. There's a man dressed in black robes with a thorn symbol on the back. They're starring and introducing Paul Rudd. In 1989, we learn. Sorry, I'm working it out then. In 1989, she was nine, yeah? So she's meant to be 15 here. Right. Mm. Um, so she got pregnant, 14, 15. A man in black enters, takes the newborn baby, which is not a newborn baby. No. No, nope, nope. definitely not a baby. That's yep. a plump child. Uh, we get a VO from Donald Pleasance in this version. In the original version, it is Paul Rudd for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> As they, they don't, You'll be hearing from me a little bit later, but for right now, I'll tell you what's been going on in makes this a lot more story sense. I haven't been in. For sure. Oh, yeah. They're not carving into the naked baby because they kind of wash it off later, don't no, they? No, they just yeah. paint on it with blood. Yeah, they dip a knife in a cup of blood. Right. They paint onto him. And then they paint it with the knife. I don't know why yeah, you would need a better, knife. Like, you could just use a paintbrush. tool brush. to use. You know, it's a lot smoother. You don't get like Precise. the fine Well, the lines. baby moved in this one and so he messed up he and you had to, like, he had to like erase what he happened. He like, very calmly <laughs> just uses his finger and wipes it away. Yeah. <laughs> it gets all part They're of the process. Working with amateurs. October 31st, 1989, we see Jamie enter the police station in black and white. So we've learned the lady who gave birth yeah, it's Jamie, yes. and she's getting this flashback to what had happened at the end of part five and what we didn't get to see. So we didn't get to see or hear a monster voice talking to her as Michael's putting Guy. it back in the van. So this is the man in black talking to her, right? Because sometimes sure. we see people looking at Michael and hear the voice, and that upsets me deeply. But it's not Michael talking. No, it's no. the cowboy. Cowboy man. Okay, good. So she heard this cowboy monster boy. voice uh, talking to her. Michael's putting the back of this druid van. And then the man in black just suddenly stands in her way and it's all very dramatic and stupid. It's just weird because it doesn't line up with the actual ending that we saw of the last film. Because she's meant to walk into the jail and it's all like burnt up and stuff. Yeah. And then there's no one in there. Yeah. Which is like, you know, how is steel flammable? Well, maybe, they use but- a, maybe they use a different exo or something and then she comes back out and they're just putting him in the van. Sure. I think that's the least of this film's problems. I know. So, uh, we have to choose our battles. The nurse comes back in, tells Jamie, who just gave birth, that they should escape. She's stolen the baby. Uh, but Michael is unleashed on them. So he's basically a pet dog yeah. in this movie. And apparently all the other movies we've seen him in. Um, we're going to find out why later. 
pushes the nurse onto a spike that's sticking out from the wall for some reason. Right. Well, it's a thorn. Oh. They're all down the hallway. <laughs> so They'd I'm assuming they were intentional. Big fucking robes. <laughs> in case I don't people know. disobey. Is that why they've got those pointy shoulders? Because they didn't before and they put them on the thorns. And oh, maybe. Pushes it out. Yeah. Well, be careful what you hang your clothes on because leaves mark. Yeah. Jamie escapes with the baby. It's pouring down with rain. She gets in someone's truck. It's always raining when you leave a hospital type facility. Night yeah. raining. Nighttime, it's raining. You're most likely going to have an accident. I think that's true of real life as well. If you, have, if you ever leave, left the hospital, it's always raining at nighttime. <laughs> Doesn't matter when you go in. When you're at 12 in the afternoon, it's freaking it's 11 at night. Day. What the hell? It's raining. So she goes, she steals someone's truck and Myers uh, just takes them out by snapping their neck. So the film's looking slicker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's got a quick pace. Yeah. It's moving like, along. Mm. It's feeling more brutal, even though we're not really seeing great kills, but right. it is feeling like Michael Bean's a bit more business in this yeah. one. Yeah. I'm definitely preferring him. Yeah. Oh, to the yeah, his walk is good. I like that he's picking up the yeah, pace. He's got a bit more confidence in it. Like, all right, I got shit to do. Enough with the slow walk. I also like That's this how he sound. sounds if you talk to him. <laughs> yes. We can assign whatever voice we <laughs> want true. to. He is silent. I like the sound design of the nurse's head going on the... Ooh. A little thorn. Yeah. Messed up, motherfucker. He just got straight to the point. As you mentioned, the budget was $6 million on this. Damn. Uh, I they, hear. They grossed $15 million. Oh. Not too shabby. We're in 45 mm. Lampkin Lane, which is sold by Strode Realty. So I thought they were selling it, but no, they've just bought it and just yeah. moved in. He put a sold mm. sign on a sold. house that he gave to himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, he sold to himself, therefore he profited off of himself. So we're gonna work this out quickly because we only find out a piece of this really later. He's the brother of Jamie Lee Curtis's father. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. she's later says your brother couldn't sell this house because of what happened. In right. It. Yeah. Right. Okay. So but what, he also works for Strode Realty. Yeah, I presume he after because they both died. We know at some point, didn't they? Right. So he must have taken it over. Strode yeah, Real. that's probably what his job is. Um, and why he's so such a dick because you know it's very strange and he's so great at it and that's why they look like hoarders yeah okay okay so that means and car is his daughter mm-hmm. yeah who's had this kid danny yep there's some bad, bad history between them but we don't really know what it is she ran away at some point now she's come back to try and do psychology and yeah straight out. so presumably she used to be a rebel or something now whatever sure and then she has her brother is dude boy yes okay Totally. And his girlfriend is Beth. Okay, okay, okay. It's a weird family unit. Yes. It's hard figuring out because she's much older than Tim. Oh, yeah. So as soon as she called the woman mom, like, wait, what is everybody's yeah. relationship At to each first, other? Here? When they all sat down, I was like, okay, that's her son. Don't know who that other guy is. That's their nana. And then when the <laughs> dad walked in, I was like, there's no freaking way she's married to this guy. And yeah, then I found out. I was like, Nobody in this unit looks like they're related to each uh-huh. other. <laughs> so oh, absolutely or would not. be married yeah. to each other. No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this little kid called Danny wakes up to the man in black saying kill for him. And then his mom comes in. And she casts a spell. <laughs> yeah, she she casts, she's a strong witch. She casts a very good spell. Uh, so, yeah. And then she finds a picture of a thorn on this wall. They're really getting information across quickly. Danny's touched as well for whatever reason. And we're in the Myers house again. It is not a mansion like the last film. Nope, different house. It's again. more similar to the first film, I guess. Yeah. 
but it's still yeah. not quite there. But it's definitely closer to how it was in the first film. So even if this director doesn't care, you can tell the writer definitely cares and whoever's decided to, yeah, go looking for locations. His mom's listening to a radio show. Everybody's listening to this fucking radio show. It's the only radio show in the whole town. They're really into Billy. It's in like, it's in car radios. Very. It's in bus station radios. It's in like everybody. I'm surprised the Druids aren't listening to it while doing their nefarious Yeah, things. right. Loomis is listening to it. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, it's popular. Everybody is. So they're talking about Haddonfield, the town that's banned Halloween since... 989? Well, I thought they said 1980, but they can't have. Because that makes no sense. Because people were yeah. having Halloween in, in the last ones. So Until not, 89. So it had to have been 89. It had to have been 88. Right? No, 89. Because 88 89 and then the next one, remember, took place a year later. Oh, right. Because they hung out right. with the fishermen. Yeah, so it would have been 89. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. Yes. I thought they said 1980, but I, it has Maybe to have been 1989. Yes. So if we're going to give them that. Okay. But as Ali points out, they're still celebrating Halloween. Yeah. In this film. Unless yeah, it's maybe, not really banned. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we missed something that was like, this is the first year it's back. I mean, there is a rebel group, a group that's trying to rebel. Yeah. But that means nothing because everyone's having a fun Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you're like, fine. you want to go trick-or-treating later? I was like, what? Makes no that sense. was illegal. No sense. No idea. A caller tells DJ that she's in love with Michael Myers. I kind of like these goofy weird things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Going on. As the mom is just gradually, very slowly undressing in front of her mirror. But like inspecting her body, which yeah. I wonder has something to do with the Weinstein thing. Oh, really? In retrospect. Because I was like, why is she, crit- she was being really critical in the way she was looking at herself. Yeah. Uh-huh. When she's obviously like, if anything, maybe too skinny. And Well, that's what they were saying. She's too skinny. I under- Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if that had any reflection. You wouldn't let her, like, you'd be like, hang on, you're doing this weird. <laughs> like, just yeah. undress. The director should, you know. Yeah. Like, make him more sexy. Yeah, make him more sexy. More sexy. Yeah, it never comes back gum? into play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But hey, whatever. Uh, she doesn't get fully naked, at least. No. And then she realizes Paul Rudd is just watching her from across the street. <laughs> the, the camera, giant like camera lens. Oh, I fucking love Paul Rudd in this He's movie. He is so, so funny. <laughs> Paul Rudd is Tommy Doyle, the kid from the first film. Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting. He rings up the station and ridiculously overacts everything. Uh, he's got this great computer image of Michael Myers on his computer, which is fantastic. And then he starts telling them, like, I was there the nightmare. And he looks really, like, happy about it. Like, he's got a plan to like, mm-hmm. kill everybody in the town or something. He's got, and he's got candles lit everywhere. People fucking love candles. Yeah. To be fair, the 90s. It's nice. Yeah, and he's saying this time, he said, Tommy's is, so Michael is coming back and Tommy is going to be ready. Jamie's also listening to the radio as she drives, for some reason, escaping with the baby. Uh, someone else then rings up and asks what happened to Loomis, and then we, come, we meet up with him, and they say, is he dead? And he turns around to the camera. Nope, I'm not. Only retired. Just retired. I love he's typing on a typewriter. Yeah. I like seeing his house. Loomis definitely types on a typewriter. Yeah. It, was good, it was good production design for his house. I thought that was definitely yeah. Loomis's yeah. house. Throw all the bushes. I like those little outfits, yeah. little sweaters. He wasn't wearing his like little beard coat thing that he was only wearing. Yeah, I tell you what, I've um, I've always remembered Loomis has been so over the top. Like I could just about deal with him in the first one, but then just so over the top. It's only really been four and five. I thought two was a bit over the top. One he was actually fine, I think. And I have to say, this one, he, he's, because he's old and clearly not well, right. um, and very sadly passed 
during the post-production of this so this was his last film i don't know he's like mellowed out in this one a bit yeah, and he, he shouts is. a bit but it kind of seems but only when it seems appropriate yeah. to be shouting i like him more in this and i remembered liking him i thought he really yeah. he annoyed me his smith's gross friend dr win comes to visit so he's returning from the first almost second film which one's that that he was in mm-hmm. nobody knows um hang on i'm on it because he was wasn't he he was they were, they knew i don't remember seeing this actor maybe the the character was it not him i thought it was this guy maybe i'm wrong uh dr win mitchell ryan was he not in it before you on it i'm on his imdb page he's on it uh, a lot of others no over shamrock <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe you're right. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't see any. I don't remember seeing this here. guy. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him either. He was like very new to me. I'm like, who the yeah. heck is this bozo? Oh, I've seen this actor before, but yeah, not I don't in see this it on series. His timeline. God, that's that's a shame. Oh, hang on. Doctor Terrence Wynn is a character who first appeared in the original right. Halloween. Yeah, but played by someone so else. Just a different yeah. actor. Okay, so that's fine. Because yeah. really, I'd like that that tied in again. I feel like the writer did a good job of tying in all these people and bringing them back and all that stuff. Um, so he's come around saying it's time to celebrate because he's quitting. And then yeah. we later on learns he wants Loomis to take over. Now, or to come to Smith's Road and take over. Loomis does not look in a good state to take over. He looks older yeah. than Dr. Wynn. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Seems like a bad He choice. looks very tired. He looks very isolated. Yeah. Um, and again, I think this bit of dialogue might be cut out in the, um, in the theatrical cut because they don't do the whole Dr. Loomis taking over the Druid army. Jamie gets to the bus station... But she has a car. <laughs> I never understood this. Yeah, it never made any sense to me. I'm like, you could just drive all the way to driving. Was she planning to set to this bus station to escape? Well, she was setting this trap where she put the baby in the bus station. I don't think she was originally. Yeah, but she, Michael was following her. Yeah, and he, she knew that. So even if she drove somewhere, like he's just going to follow be right behind car. her. So she put the baby blanket bus, in the car. Be Actual baby yeah, but in the she bus. She just went into, you know, either maybe get on a bus, put the baby on a bus. Right. Something. Because it looks like she has a different plan originally. Like she goes in there and then she goes to make a call. Yeah. Um, to Dr. Loomis. No, is it Dr. Loomis? To the police. The radio. To the police. She calls the, the police. Radio. She calls the radio. Station. She calls the radio afterwards because she hears them once. Oh, yeah, she, she can't get the through to and because of the storm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's it. She tries the Haddonfield Emergency Services. But the, there's a computery voice on it that says, due to weather conditions, also, this is a bit. What the fuck? Followed by lightning strikes. <laughs> there's a storm. No one can help you yeah. in all of Haddonfield. Yeah. Like, and I'm then on. someone's left a note out that just says, back in 10, 20. Yeah. There's an empty bus Where station. Nobody else works there. No one no. else is trying to go anywhere. No. Ridiculous. Uh, so she rings out the radio station instead. I kind of like this idea of the radio station being the thing that everyone's connected to and getting a story across, across yeah. all these people pretty quickly. Yeah. Kind of a cool idea. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this Dr. Wynn tells Loomis he wants him back. Loomis had a stroke six years ago, so we did learn that was him yeah. stroking out on Michael Myers. And then Loomis and Paul Rudd hear Jamie on the radio saying that Michael is coming. So Loomis gets his fucking revolver. Yeah. <laughs> a good old trusty six shooter. Because he had gone up to a, like an auto, a semi-automatic, hadn't he? Last yeah, year. it's yeah. much nicer. Yeah, he went back school. to his old. It's like there's only one guy. Six times. <laughs> I have six bullets. <laughs> Jamie hides in the bathroom with the baby as Michael turns up. He's looking bigger than before. He is bigger. And for this kind and of movie, up. I like mm-hmm. it. I wouldn't like it if he was like this one in the, in the first one. But for this kind of movie, yeah, 
Makes sense. He's, he, need, he does need to go up against Jason and people like that. And in this one, you feel, yeah, maybe he could have put up a fight. Jamie's back in the car, driving, and then a van. That we, is Michael runs her off the road. We presume it's Michael. Maybe it's one of the other druids. It looked like there were two people in this van. It did. And I was confused. Just but then the I just crew. assumed it was like, <laughs> maybe it's Man in Black and Michael. Okay. Or well, it could be any of the druid army, It was really. weird, just because I never felt like Michael would have a co-pilot. Yeah. Well, he is a puppy dog now. Runs him off the road into some pumpkins. I like this kind of shot from above with all the dead pumpkins strewn around. Mm-hmm. She hides in a barn. Always a bad idea. Michael comes for her. We think she's dead. Before that, she tells him that he can't have the baby. And then can't he goes back have for it. it. It's gone. Can't have the baby. But he can have a roll of paper towels. Yeah, that's and a baby blanket. Shot. He's like, ah, all right, I'll make it work. But it's also like you, you have been following her, so you know where the baby is because yeah. you've only been one other place. And you yeah. know that that baby would have flown through that front windshield yeah, if fun, it yeah. would have been in that truck. Yeah, you her. don't run the car off the road if you want to keep the baby. Yeah, well, no. he probably couldn't find the baby because, you know, like when people get into accidents, they can fly like 50 feet <laughs> and it's nighttime. So he was probably like, oh, they go, oh the baby's in the bush somewhere. I'll <laughs> find it in the morning. So this is where we meet the asshole dad with his tiny axe who lives in the mines. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Haddonfield again. It's Halloween. And then we head on back to Smith's Road. Loomis is convinced that Michael's live and that it really was Jamie on the radio. Dr. Wynn decides he'll help him this time. And I like the dynamic at this point. I like the, like, I don't know. They seem like old friends and that they're mm-hmm. trusting each other and stuff. It's kind of cool. But the lady, she's secretary. I'm not really sure what she is sitting at a desk. Yeah, she's like his assistant or secretary or whatever. She received a phone call that Jamie Lloyd is dead. Or that they found a body. They found her body. Why... Would they ring Smith's Grove when they find Jamie Lloyd's body? Because isn't that where Michael was held? So? Yeah, but that's... I mean, he wasn't just now, like no, a long, long I know. time ago. But yeah. But it has nothing to do with Smith's Grove. They're not necessarily calling them first. Well, they are, because in many scenes' time, we're going to get them going to the barn. She's still alive, and she's in this barn still. They haven't taken her away to hospital for ages instead they're calling people up letting them know the news and then leaving her there until people turn up so that she can be carried off to go to hospital like the yeah. only, i thought it was a stretch if she was dead that they would have left her there for that long but when you find out she's alive you're like what why the fuck would you not take her <laughs> immediately there? to hospital yeah what's going on oh yeah dr wayne wants to bring michael back alive which immediately red flag i feel yeah yeah, that's, that's kind of a weird thing. Oh, this super crazy mass murderer that should be like in a prison or dead. You want to take it to a place that he's already escaped from uh, like a bunch of times? Yeah. And um, Loomis seems to have no problem with that. Wait, no, I've tried to kill him. I, I think Loomis times. is actually still just confused at how this wind guy is not understanding him when he's like, I don't want your job. And this guy's like, oh... So and so, meet Dr. Loomis. Oh, I'm so excited to work with you. I've heard so much about you. And he's like, What? And she's like, Oh, it's his office now. And he's like, I don't, I said I don't want this job. So I think it was really, I couldn't understand what was actually happening. I should say also, George Wilbur is playing uh, Michael Myers here, and he returns from part four. He played him in part four as well, which was before he got replaced with the hunt shoulder guy. Mm, right. So this is the version of Michael that was the one who was standing, yeah, with the bandages on his face that we all kind of liked. That we liked, yeah. I'm like, yeah, think how much better that fucking film would be. Would have been a lot better. They just kept George on it. Would have been a lot better. We meet the, I don't know how to call people, Kara's brother, is he, with the floppy hair? Yeah. We meet him. He's wearing a t-shirt that says, Barry kicks ass. 
And I really was hoping his name was Barry for a while. I thought he was <laughs> talking about himself. I was like, dude, that is hilarious. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Danny's the kid. They're hanging out. The, yeah, the daughter is his mother and the mother is <laughs> weak. And it is so confusing. But yeah, then they have their mother who's just really weak and really just abused and just, yeah. just I mean, very sad for her in a position, but terrible And they have a competition to see who can be meaner to each other and then who can stick up for each other the most. Yeah, the father's just a complete dick. He's just like, oh, she doesn't show her face around it for five years and then he starts calling her kid a bastard and just, you know, horrible things. So she stands up to him and says, you're the only bastard in the house. I only see one bastard bastard in the house. And he gives her her the backhand. He smacks her and then she's like, yeah, it was somebody else. It wasn't you. Why'd you hit me? Yeah. <laughs> talking about him. Uh, yeah. Talking about my son, Fucking dude. bastard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Danny keeps getting called to by the uh, man in black and then looks out the window and sees Michael uh, just doing his old standy thing that he does. <laughs> standy starey. Pretty good. The statue. Classic. Pretty good at sleeping lines. And then Danny, they pull down. Danny's pulled a knife out on her father, his, his grandfather. grandfather. <laughs> I get really confused yeah. with this shit. Uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, but I don't want more fucking people going down the, you know, doing the... I'm a killer yeah. route. Like, they just, they went down that route and then they pulled away from it. And now yeah. it seems like they're pulling back down that route again. And I'm like, oh, man, make up your mind. mess up more kids, more child actors. And it doesn't really come to anything. I mean, spoilers, we watched both endings of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Nothing happens with Danny. Just having the no. dreams. It yeah. just makes it a push to get her character closer to Michael later on because they're separated and then it becomes like, oh, they can always grab Danny and make him and then she'll follow. That's true. So you can keep moving your characters wherever you want to move them. Some weak storytelling. It's very weak. And it made sense with uh, Laurie Strode because it was a direct daughter. So you're like, okay, like he was their uncle, whereas this is getting into Yeah. I can't even work it out. Cousins. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, I think the strongest connection they have to him is that they're in his house. Yeah. Well, yeah, then they say that later. It's so like, because this is what we learned that the Strodes. And I was like, oh, yeah. the Strodes. And uh, I didn't realize that. Because they're, they're not technically up. his family. Uh-uh. No. no. They adopted It's just his that they're sister. in his house is the yeah. big thing. And they're in his sister. I mean, it all makes in sense his sister, for that writer with all of his, his sisters. <laughs> right. In Jamie Lee Curtis. Stop it. Yeah, and then uh, the, the brother's, the older brother, Kara's uh, brother's <laughs> girlfriend turns Beth. up, Beth, um, and picks them all up. Paul Rudd's just standing, staring out of his window like a <laughs> fucking champion. Huge <laughs> window, and he's like, he's the like, full he's length like, of this weird? window. Doesn't you give a betcha. shit. <laughs> he's just like, his legs spread, just like he's full so on Michael Myers, just he's staring at him. He's like, this Aww. is my movie. I'm the lead in it. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd. <laughs> They kind of love it because it does kind of go with, all right, maybe Tommy Lee is just fucked. Like, he's just yeah. mental. Which does make sense. Yeah. Got Tommy Lee, got Tommy Jarvis, weirdos. Yep. All the Tommies, get them together. So Tommy recorded Jamie's phone call at the bus station and he listened to it over and over again like a detective until he hears the bus announcer in the background and then it, he looks very pleased with himself. I know where I should be going. I'm amazing. So he heads over there, sits in the phone booth, sees loads of blood, and then follows a trail that no one has seen. All day. <laughs> All day. Leads him down to the bathroom where, yeah, again, there's blood in the sink. Just a crying baby. And a crying baby. No crying one's... baby. No one's down there. No. No. No one goes there. No one's traveling. Anything. All fine. 
Any you know, man who walks in without a baby walks out with a baby. No one says anything. As hell. Yeah. Well, and he gets walking and hunching his back and looking behind him to no. make sure no one sees Don't fucking monkey. do that when you're carrying a baby. They're going to pounce on you and like, steal uh, it. Uh, no, baby no one cares. <laughs> and he gets this immediately. Like, I get the Jamie thing, but why would you think Jamie had a baby? He's a, de- he's he's a, a true detective. Yeah, I agree. He's been <laughs> really, <laughs> really. And a character. He looks pretty fanatical. Yeah. At Jamie's death site, now we learn that Michael Myers likes to burn huge Doesn't symbols. he smell her blood? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He Are we Possibly meant to get lick. from that that he knows that it's like, He's like kind pregnant of blood? Mm. Like, mm. No. Because like, uh, they say later that they found placenta in her blood. Yeah, there's no way. It's like, I taste a little placenta. I don't know. Why else is he smelling blood? I think yeah, I, that was a Paul Ruddism, I'm sure. I'm sure the director's know. just like, just go over and look at the sink. And he's like, my character would do this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it smells like blood. This looks serious. Um, yeah, Michael Myers is now burning fucking huge thorn symbols into hay barrels in his spare time because <laughs> he has to have like a, like the crow. He has to leave Aww. a slogan everywhere where he kills someone. <laughs> Almost like that's not his MO. <laughs> and then Loomis turns around to go, it's his mark. As if he's always yeah, done it's that. Yeah, always been something You've seen it one other time in his house. As if they're going to, you know, go back and re-release the old films and in the background I'll just burn this symbol <laughs> in every fucking room. It's, oh, I can't believe it. Um, and the local cops don't believe Loomis Day. It's Michael Myers. Like, come on, guys. How many times? Here we go yeah. again. It's only been six years. Like, it's not that long. And the entire town is still talking about Michael Myers. Yeah. The radio what? host, people Halloween are walking around bad. with signs that are like, Michael Myers is still alive. Are we meant to think that they steal Jamie when she's little from after they break Michael out of the jail and she's been with this posse this whole time? Yeah. Yes. Then they yeah. impregnate her. She's with them through the pregnancy and, and she's only just now That's all, I think, basically. All right. And then it, I guess until the moon's going to be lined up at the right time with the planets to do okay. the bullshit they need to do with the baby when it's at the right age or something. All right. These are sentences. <laughs> yeah, so like Dakar's with um her brother and his girlfriend and they find they're looking at the picture that her son drew, which shows a huge black mass which had thorn written on it. Yep. And then a picture of the entire family stabbed. Bleeding. Other than her, is she okay? No, she's bleeding. She's also she's bleeding. As well? Yeah. What dick. There's a knife in everyone's stomach and a little puddle of blood. You you would I mean that's enough, isn't it? You see that and you're like, it's not like your kid's drawing, you know, violent images. It's like, no. It even says thorn in the black thing. wants to kill you. This is particular. Yeah. This is a problem. It's like a professional drawing, like planned out. Yeah. Kill the kid, just to be sure. This is <laughs> where, what's his face goes, whoa. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. I yeah. like it. I, like, <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> well, that is the most 90s motherfucker yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. He's mm. a very supportive uncle. Yeah. He should have been played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome. Oh, man, this Whoa. movie would have been like Keanu Reeves and so Paul Rudd. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, feels like she's been watched. She is. Paul Rudd is freaking out on a nurse in a hospital about his baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my baby is... <laughs> my needs- baby! He's Get amazing. He just, amazing. He just instantly becomes um, his motherly instincts kick in. Yeah. yeah. My baby, there's been an accident. And what then he screams at her. And then Get out, doctor! And, and then sprints away. <laughs> she does the right thing. She's like, Colin security. <laughs> you psycho. So funny. Oh, God. And then he recognizes boy. Dr. Loomis from behind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
think I've seen that backside somewhere. I've seen that balding head before. He's wearing he some jacket, a isn't he? So, you know. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, Rob tells Loomis, Jamie wasn't the last in the bloodline. The baby is. I can smell it on him. <laughs> I can smell the placenta. <laughs> and then he goes, I'll meet you at 9pm at the campus ground. And then runs off again. And like then a does his weird. sketchy look back. Again. Oh, that's amazing. Aww. Everywhere he goes, runs, hunches his shoulders up, and checks back behind him. <laughs> <laughs> at least someone's checking their sticks. No one else does. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so here's where I learned while looking online for sure that, yeah, Kara Strode is Laura's adoptive cousin. That is exactly the case. In case <laughs> Great. People were wondering. Everybody's adopting in this family. Gonna do it. Well, Lori was adopted, so maybe Kara's yeah. blood, Lori, she's called her adopted cousin because Lori was adopted. Since Lori is Michael's Lori, actual sister. Lori is a Myers, not a Strode. Yeah, so she was adopted so to that's the Strode why she's family. Therefore, cousin. all of the Strode are cousins are adopted. her adopted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yes. So the only blood relative other than her own children Baby is, is Michael. Michael. Yep. That we know of. Yes. At this point. <laughs> right. They might throw in some more and be like, just kidding, the parents had sex again before they died. <laughs> <laughs> they snuck one in before that car crash. Oh, boy. Michael is just watching the mother do chores. It's like that's what you're I got so confused at this part where she comes down the stairs and sees the paint at the bottom of the stairs. I seriously thought we were she was gonna go outside and he would have repainted the house white. <laughs> that's what I thought was yeah. happening. And I was like, the thorn thorn on the house. awesome. If he just went outside and <laughs> like, was like, My house is white. white. <laughs> yeah. Stop messing with it. That's where she had put the tiny axe. Yeah. In her little box. Tiny axe in a tiny box with paint. Loomis breaks into her house though. And you're like, who are you? Don't worry. I'm fucking worried. I have lots of papers to spread on your table. I'm a doctor. You want to see my papers? (laughs) I got got a permit for it. I also have a trench coat. Paul Rudd calls the baby Stephen for some reason. (laughs) Sounds right. Sounds right. It's okay. Steven. You like that name? You like, you that, like name? that name? Steven. It's you. <laughs> I love Too just, bad, Steven. I love these just your living, fucking name. I love these just living above some semi-deaf lady as well. Yeah. Yes. Why? She has been a babysitter forever, so I don't... I know the name Blinkenship, and I can't think of what else that's from, but I don't think it's from this series, so it probably doesn't like matter. That. Technically, she's still babysitting him to the day. Technically, is. Or is he babysitting her now? Oh, shit. Plot twist. <laughs> and no Shyamalan film. <laughs> but Loomis is laying it all out for the mother, trying to explain it to her. The older mother, not Cara. Yes. And she's just lapping it up. Debra. It's like, thank you, stranger who broke into my home. Oh, Tell me more. this is very concerning. About the thorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jamie isn't dead, which confused the fuck out of me. Yeah. Uh, this is when we learn that because you see her when you're pulling off her eyeballs move, but we're all like, "This is a terrible act." You're like, yeah. "Wow, this is why you keep Danielle." They do not make that clear at all. No. And again, it's up until here that she's, you know, getting to the hospital. It's ridiculous. But we've also found out why the Strodes are in the Myers house, or the, oh, the, yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that what the I husband's just said. brother <laughs> couldn't sell the Myers house, yeah. so he just decided to move into it. When and then the, the brother says, didn't tell the family that it was the Meyer house. Yeah, that what had happened there. Is that when she says, your brother could never sell it, so you moved us into here. The brother's been dead for a long fucking time. 
Yeah, that house was on the market when Lori was a teenager. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be, you wouldn't it's be talking like about almost... the person who couldn't sell it 20 years ago. You'd be saying you couldn't sell the house, so we moved into it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Unless there's another brother. <laughs> <laughs> no more cousins. The plot thickens. Mother rings up her husband and for some reason thinks this dickhead's going to be receptive to her saying, this stranger broke into our house and tells me these <laughs> things. Listen. And he's like, really? Let's pack. <laughs> Michael is in the house, though. Um, and she realizes her husband's brother could never sell it. So she gets upset with him. So he's the brother of the father of Michael and Laurie, we think. Uh, well, no. Well, yeah. Adoptive. Well, yes. Her adoptive father not her real father we never know who the real father we don't meet them at any point the real mothers no. other than the opening shot of the first film when they come in right like michael and the mom yeah. puts her hands in her pockets that's it a lot's weighing on them now that, that acting is like a lot is about them really <laughs> their sex habits the phone rings and it just says we want the child so she runs uh ridiculously just like stumbling through shit and just do laundry <laughs> And There's I don't know what her maneuver her was out in the laundry. Like she was trying to pull yeah. it behind her, but I, or hide in it. I couldn't oh, really no. understand her tactics here, but oh, it doesn't no. matter. No, because Michael kills her with a tiny axe. Yeah, and then messes up her laundry anyway. This the thing: we're still not seeing these kills. No, it's still just blood just splatting splattering. On, a, on a cloth. But it feels better. Like there's something about like the actors just like the he's like swinging it properly. Mm-hmm. The editing's better, and then the sound of it's like a good sort of yeah. thing, and you feel the impact more. Yeah, so he's I'm, got some strength behind him. You, well, you were saying in the last one, you want some energy from him. I'm feeling yeah. his energy. Yeah, here. he feels more determined. Yeah, he's I, more I, I like. I don't. I'm not going to say I like his look necessarily perfectly. No. I definitely don't like his role in this film. Mm-hmm. But I think the stunt guy actor is doing maybe the best job for what we need for Michael Myers now. Yeah, he took his, his five hour energy. There you go. <laughs> Oh yeah, his mask looked blue in a lot of this. Did yeah. you want to say that? Yeah, that happens uh, quite a lot in these. Mm. You'll get some blue ones. I'm blue. Sometimes blah, pink blah, blah, blah. and blonde. Sometimes pink and blonde. Danny's walking down the street where he sees the man in black with a pantyhose over his head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, does he think he's like incognito now? I've got pantyhose on my face. <laughs> this is one of those shots that you write in the script, and then when you come to shoot it, you're like, fuck, everyone's gonna see the twist of who the <laughs> who the man in black is. Well, what do you do? Put someone else in it and then put a patty on it. Yeah. Like, we can still see it. Fine. No one will ever invent Blu-ray. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's scared by uh, Tommy. The old Rudster. Yeah. And he, he drops his, drop gi- his pumpkin. His giant ass no. pumpkin. I fucking love this. Because t- Tommy <laughs> actually goes, I'm sorry. Like Paul Rudd says it with such ardent sadness where he's like, same thing happened to me, little buddy. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, okay. Of course. That's why it's he's doing it. Because oh, he's carrying funny. a giant pumpkin. Oh, and then Paul Rudd funny. scares him and he makes him drop it. You he's like, what? I'm really sorry. I love this film now. It's so <laughs> good. I, yeah. I was like, come full circle. He really is paying attention to every detail. No, he so really is. Pulling it really back is. in. What's even better is Paul Rudd says, I'm sorry, I'm a stranger and I broke your pumpkin. Can I come yeah. hang out in your bedroom, little boy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened. Basically, with my baby, yeah. but not my baby. And, I just uh, found this baby at a bus stop. Do you also, want to my other friends? <laughs> also, let's talk about dinosaurs. I know a lot about dinosaurs. <laughs> Sometimes I watch your mother undress. Yeah. <laughs> I can show you my giant oh, you like camera. Your mother? To be fair, like she does it too. right in front of the window, staring at herself in the mirror. We had a long scene as the mother, uh, as Kara walks around the house mom. trying to find her mom. <laughs> Fuck me. I mom. really hate when people walk and move 
that slowly. <sighs> Drives me crazy. Especially when they're not like it's fine, but then cut it. Yeah. I don't need to see her walk the whole way. The well, thing is, there might have been a time in horror when, you know, that was new and it created tension. Now we're just so bored of it. Like fucking hurry up. And it might be occasionally time for you can do it right. And it's a magical mixture. I don't know how it works. Acting, tension, music, lighting, everything. 95% of the time it's just fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So well, and slow. then it was I was okay with it up until the point that you go she goes in that room and neither of those fools has headphones or anything on. Yeah. So you can hear her yelling downstairs and Paul Red's there waiting for her. Yeah. So why would you not like be like, like yo, oh, kid, your mom's your mom? home. Oh yeah. She's she's, not here. she's downstairs. Yeah, she's, she's, game probably, boy. he's probably doing other stuff like being a pervert. And he's like, oh, she's she's coming up. talking to his new baby's friend, Steven. <laughs> he's not listening. Hey, this Even is my Danny. friend, son. Can you imagine if you came home and you found your child? <laughs> You're like already creeped out because your mom's around. You find uh, your child on the bed, sitting on his bed with a grown man who's been spying on you with a yeah, baby. Holding a baby. Yeah. And why, why does Tommy bring this baby into the Myers house? I think he just wants to get a baby with him the whole time. I don't let him out of sight. You shouldn't be at the Myers house. I agree. That's the whole thing. That should be like a hex area for him. Yeah. But he should never go there. He's a ninja and he knows about ruins. So. Yeah. <laughs> he has some rocks in his pocket. It's okay. All right. I'm bet he does. <laughs> is that a bunch of runes in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Don't forget. This is a you movie. You want to play with my runes? <laughs> hey, I want to show you what's my sack. <laughs> fucking sack talking. <laughs> Do a drink. This, this is a movie that has a line the power of the rune stopped him. <laughs> they cancel each other out. <laughs> uh, so Paul Rudd t- telling Kara about these good old rune stones from Europe that invoke ritual magic and Thorn was the most negative among the druids. A uh, negative symbol among the druids. They take one child from each child was chosen to be inflicted with the curse of the thorn. And, and they kill night- the whole family so that the village is fine. Yeah, on the night of Samhain, they would sacrifice. But I thought it said one member. I was very confused. Stuff. No, one member was marked. And then the entirety of their family had to be killed. killed. And then the mark would move on to another family for the next Samhain. Well, what was that helping them? What's it do? It's basically protecting the rest of the village. So instead of this evil killing everybody in the village, it only kills one family. Was there no other crime in Haddonfield other than Michael Myers? I don't. We haven't really seen any. We should know. If so, great. Idiots driving Camaros and (laughs) girls wearing far too little. Loomis sending people on fire. The thing seems to backfire though, because he's killing a lot of people. He's running around in a T-shirt. Which one? Oh, in previous films. Yeah. Oh, in this one. No, not in this one. No, they're fine. What are you saying? I was saying uh, clearly that concept doesn't work because other people in the community were being killed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Paul Rudd says anyone living in his house is his family. So the Strode thing is kind of, it doesn't even matter. The yeah. relationship. Just a fun detail. Loose with <laughs> yeah. these rules now. Yeah. The thorn symbol apparently is a constellation of stars that on Halloween, that appear occasionally on Halloween night. And whenever it appears, he appears. This is how he's figured all this out. 1963. When he killed his parent, his sister, 1978, first film, 1988, the fourth film, 1989, the fifth film, 1995, right now. The constellations are turning into the thorn symbol on Halloween. It's a good thing he has this really cool program on his computer. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they're really trying to like... Yeah. And then he smells her hair. Do you remember yeah. that part? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's, super, He's like, leaning over his shoulder. It's she so funny. Over. 
god. He's so oh, smart. So funny. So good. I love it's it. So funny. <laughs> Again, I'm hoping these are little Paul Ruddisms where he's just like, my character would smell. <laughs> it's not weird. It's not weird. Pull I'm going to be the first horror sequel to win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks they're after the baby to make it Michael's sacrifice. That's what he's thinking. Danny, though, is fucked off because she's just a terrible mother. She's <laughs> not looking at her child while she's listening to some idiot tell her about ruins from yeah. Europe. You would, you would be half listening to him, you know? You wouldn't be Yeah, captivated. you would not be focused on this. Loomis figures out that the baby is with Paul Rudd as Paul walks in slow motion for a crowd of people on Halloween night. A very cool shot, very stupid. Very cool. Very stupid. Oh, it's really silly. He looks ridiculous, but it's, it, I like there's a lot of, they got a lot of extras. They've got some cool production designs going on. Feels nice. This is a shot that I would see a photo image of that, you know, in a magazine for the next Halloween movie, but that looks cool. <laughs> it's Paul Rudd. But then it starts moving up. and you're like, nee. Yeah. The old lady he lives above is suddenly not deaf. I don't know. And she's telling Danny all about why they celebrate Halloween because we need more law, apparently. Mm. More ties to everything. Turns out she was babysitting Michael Myers on the night in 1978 that he went out to do this. He, she then says he heard a voice. So later on, this is explained because she's a thorn. Right. Subject or whatever. But at this point, I was like, she says then that he heard a voice that told him to kill his family. Which means she How? did nothing about it. Yeah, which she means that he said, like, Oh, I heard the voice. He told me to kill my family. Oh, you better go outside then. <laughs> better do what the voice Shut tells the you. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> Trying to watch my stories. So this is all bullshit. When she says babysitting, is this meant to mean then that the Thorn you know, family obviously already had their hooks in him? Because they must have gotten then his mother pregnant or something with him, wasn't they? Wow. She was babysitting him that night. I know, but when I say babysitting, that's just before we know she's part of the, the cult. Yeah. And the rules of the cult is that it goes back from generations and generations. It's all about family. Because can you dictate who has this or does it have to be? I think he read Maybe he was marked. Okay. So he was the start of a new line of thorns? Because he must have previous thorns. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a new line. Oh, no. <laughs> sure. Nobody knows. This is hurting my brain. We said it a lot, but I think this time we can definitely say nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Danny also has the voice, is what she's saying, but it comes to fucking nothing. Doesn't even matter. They're all gathered to watch the DJ live in Haddonfield. The older brother and his girlfriend are there hanging out. What's she dressed as? She's Bride dressed- of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. And he's dressed as Frankenstein. Got the gray stripe in her yeah. hair. Uh, what's he dressed as other than Frankenstein? That? Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's got the yeah. bolts in his neck. Oh, uh, I didn't notice that. That's why she's the Bride monster. of Frankenstein. He looks stupid. She looks <laughs> the monster. <laughs> he does look good. Father comes home being a dick, and all the lights go out. Thanks for the dinner. <laughs> I love how he's just like shouting at himself in the house by himself. Oh yeah, he's, he's like, just like, oh, now I'm supposed to think the boogeyman's here. <laughs> something with the strobes. They all talk to themselves. So yeah. weird. Uh, and then he follows the sound of the washing machine and opens it to find some bloody rags. Uh, so he's really confused because the washing machine, the power is off, and he's like, "How yeah. is the washing machine going? Yeah, how is the fucking washing machine going?" Michael Myers. So you got little runes for magic for electricity runes. Or he's just behind it, like shaking it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why would you even put that in? It's so weird. So I figured something out at this scene. So this is what happens when Michael tries to do laundry. He puts the blood in there and then everything turns pink. (laughs) So this is why his mask was pink. Uh, He tried to wash his mask. Yep. He was trying to wash it and he got blood in there and everything got pink. That's Mm. a good point. 
Even without the washing machine, he could just got blood on his mask and he took yeah. it off at a sink and tried to rub it. Oh, fuck. It's no, he's spreading. like, I need it worse. <laughs> you know what will make this oh, look better? I'll bleach the hair and yeah. no one will think no about it. Like, I'm going to try to bleach the whole mask because it was like a weird red and now it became a light pink yeah. and orange. Yeah. <laughs> Figured it out. Halloween yep. law. <laughs> uh, Michael grabs him and fucking electrocutes him and himself. But what's... Yeah. <laughs> it, and especially because he's in water, it would be amplified and he would be cooked. He He's knows cooked how before, electricity though. works. He threw that guy on the pylon in the last one. And he probably had a ruin in his pocket to counteract oh, yeah, yeah. true. Energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I liked the little like UFO lights flashing through oh, the windows yeah. from outside of the house. Oh, and like, purple and green lights coming from the basement. <laughs> yeah. like, no one seems to notice. No. Yeah. The DJ learns that the boyfriend lives at the old Myers house, so he decides he wants to move the show there, which again comes to nothing, so it's kind of pointless. Nope. Other than the fact lines. that he can't read. He's chatting up the girlfriend. Yeah. Some terrible lines like, relax your crack, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Who writes? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can tell you who writes. It, so. <laughs> anyway, the DJ then gets into the Smith Sanatorium van accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. And then Michael is fucking everywhere, apparently. Like, <laughs> so this just is kills my him. car. He's taking a nap <laughs> in the I back. I called shotgun. <laughs> and then the camera obnoxiously pans over to go, look. Oh, he was trying to go in this one. <laughs> yes, we got it. Look how close he was to After it. After focusing on sanitarium before he even gets into it. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, and this is definitely, are you having a problem with this, Michael Myers teleporting everywhere? Because you're saying you, you're not used to that omnipresent villain. He's definitely well, no, teleporting he's, a lot. Yeah, he's... I'm trying, I'm still just telling myself he's not a human, okay. which is why people let him get away with these things. He's a rune. 90s bro and his girlfriend head back to his house for some kissy kissy. Uh, but really, they're meant to be waiting for DJ boy. He's not going to come. DJ very live. I do love, I like this bit a lot. She then is like at the bottom of the stairs. He doesn't know that Michael Myers used to live in his house. So she describes what happened in the opening scene of the first film while they're walking up those stairs. Camera pulls back, and it's the first time in his house that I get that geography. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's, that's exactly where he walked through. It looks really similar. And then Michael's standing there where he picked up the knife at the beginning of the first film. Yeah. Really like that. And that's cool. Yeah. Then Paul Rudd, waiting for Loomis, when he hears the kids singing, Mommy, it's raining, it's raining, red. I like this song. The way the kid does it is really creepy. Because at first you just hear, you think that she's just talking. But then she just keeps saying it over and over again. To sound like a yeah. song. Yeah. And she turns to him and goes, it's warm. Why is it warm? So people, I really like this bit. This bit always creeps me out. great. People, this is like a laughing stock scene in the horror what? community. People hate this scene so much. It's seen as like one of the main reasons why this film's so stupid is with the writing like this. Whereas a kid like not knowing blood's dripping on him. Sure, it, it is stupid. Well, yeah, she's a dumb kid, but it's still creepy. It comes across well. I think she, yeah. Yeah, she does it well. I like the reveal. She's all in white, so it looks really gross all over Rod's face is amazing. Yeah. Well, as always. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bluff is pouring down from the creek. At some point, somehow, without anyone seeing, Michael Myers in the middle of this huge Halloween party took the DJ's body, took it up a tree, Wrapped strung it, it up with Christmas light. lights. What? <laughs> but hey, did it. Well He's not human. Remember? He could can teleport. Been, he teleported to the tree. Cool. Or could it have been some of the druids since that van was there? That's true. No one uh-huh. suspects the druid. Yep. Druid. Druids. Druids. Oh, there's druids, dude. The one where they dress like trees and just like... Then <laughs> we cut to uh, the brother and the girlfriend climaxing, I think. But uh, looks more like they just sort of got bored and stuff. Right. <laughs> Get some boobs. 
And then uh, the best shower shot ever. <laughs> Tiny shower for that Water man. pressure sucked in that house. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else happens. It's just the guy like crooked neck. <laughs> but he looks like they've got no, but really enjoy it. So it's like, oh, this He's is not amazing. even moving. <laughs> Because if he moves, he won't get water on him. <laughs> and nothing else happens. There's like really no. They you just hold on this shot for a good nine seconds. It's really good of him doing nothing. Oh, I love it. Kara <laughs> uh, is watching from Paul Rudd's room, but not the sex that her brother's having. I think. No, <laughs> I hope. Well, she tells her on the phone, "I see you." <laughs> You're really thinking of me. What? What? <laughs> you been watching? <laughs> You're taking photos? There's a fucking camera there at his window. You're taking photos of us? You sicko. But she did say, well, I am a bad girl. Michael hands the boyfriend a towel. (laughs) (laughs) Such a nice dude. He's super nice. Uh, And cuts his throat, you know. So, you know, a little something for him, a little something for Michael. He probably wanted to, he was just like, can you put this towel on? Because I don't want to kill you and see your dong. (laughs) I want no dong up in my More of a boobs killer. Yeah, again, none of these kills are enough, but it's better than we've been given in the previous two. So, you know. Right. Going up, at least. Uh, Kara rings the house, telling the girlfriend and the boyfriend, get the fuck out. Uh, but then she watches Michael just kill her. Not, not a great killing, but, you know. No. Should, should be something good. And then she runs over there after having just watched Beth get murdered. Yeah. And then is, like, hesitant to pull the blankets back. because She's like, I don't know if she's dead. Yeah, yeah. I was like, she's she's, just yeah, why would you want to look at the body? Just find your damn son. Yeah, yeah, because well, the son goes over. There. She rushes over and then stops for ages when she sees yeah. the son upstairs to get a poker stick. Yep, and walks up the stairs with it outstretched, like she's gonna hand it to him. Or like we're watching a three D film. Yeah, <laughs> not. No, don't do that. Don't do it. Find a brother, girlfriend, dead. Then Danny hanging out. Michael appears. Danny runs downstairs. She smacks Michael down the stairs. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Good fall. Have a little scuffle and then escape to Paul Rudd's house. Where scuffle he's tough right With the looms. Loomster and Paul Rudd teamed up like it. Baby gone. Gone know. baby gone. This is, the first, this is the first time he's teamed up with a professor or doctor and then he does it again later. That's true. Yeah. That is true. That man. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, man. No. Paul Rod is asking him who else knew about the baby, and Doctor Loomis goes, "Nobody, nobody but me." And, and, dun, and he gets dun, cut dun. out as a man in black is then calling out to Danny. We learn Loomis's friend, Doctor Win, the old Winster. Who's I win, you lose. So this is their <laughs> way. <laughs> so Win's been running Smith's Grove, which means this is how he's been in control the whole time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it kind of is a way of baking it all in straight away from the first film. And really, if you want to look at it, fucking up <laughs> a brilliant movie. Because <laughs> you go back to that now and you think about Dr. Wynn and you think about this babysitter woman and it's like... Oh, and the pee on his fuck. wrist. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you ruined it all. You did a you fucking the alien covenanted this. <laughs> yeah, druids appear, take them all. Oh, these fucking druids, I hate them. And then we learn the old woman is one too. They all just look like the henchmen from the Dark Crystal in their weird, weird neck Yeah, those little things. cape things are so, so dumb. They're good. It's pretty good. Really design some of this stuff other than the druid stuff. Who makes those? 
Yeah, that all that. And what, what company is like? Oh, I don't think it's weird that these old people just bought like fifty of these robes. <laughs> yeah, and they all With work a in a sanitarium, and they all live in Haddonfield. I'm sure it's not weird. I do love this. The car just fucking jumps out the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like fuck this noise. Like, she looks like she's like three floors up, but she yeah. must not even be two. But she just wails out. Yeah, and then wakes up fine in the druid's lair somehow. She'll be looking fine. angelic. Runes. Oh, magic of the runes. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it. Fair enough. <laughs> Wakes up on the stone slab that we saw in the opening uh, VO section with the baby getting the... You put that flower halo on you. You better close your legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going to end well for you. She's ready for Coachella. <laughs> she, yeah, she does look ready. Surrounded by candles dressed in white, crown of berries or whatever it is, flowers and shit. Loomis and Paul Rudd. Allowed to go free for some reason. And they're like, whoa, I feel like, like I've been why drugged. Didn't, why didn't they take us? Yeah, then like Loomis is like, I know why, because he wants us to go there. Yeah. Just take him. Why didn't he take you with him? <laughs> why didn't he make you pay for your own Uber? Just use the Druid Uber. He's <laughs> like, no Uber pool. Get Just out. like that part it's like, I feel like I've been drugged. Loomis is like, we have. <laughs> we have. It was amazing. <laughs> you were tripping balls for three hours. <laughs> I cradled you in my scotch-soaked arms. <laughs> None of this happened. I've named you Steven. Oh, <laughs> Do you like trip. that name? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they enter Smith's Grove, which is where the Druid's Lair is. Of course, it was down below Smith's Grove the whole time. Whole time. A secret basement, man. Gotta watch out for them. Watch out for They're Steve everywhere. The Paul Rudd thinks Michael is under the influence of an evil ruin. <laughs> Like, uh, Mr. Rudd, we're going to need you to say the line again, and you're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> Very serious. Well, all I wanted was them to do what they do in Season of Witch, where they take a bit of the evil ruin and then sprinkle the dust onto Michael's mask. <laughs> nope. And the blue lightsaber comes out of his mouth. Loomis is fucking on board straight away. Yep. He says he's, he's, he's under the influence of an evil ruin. He's like, the thorn! <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's where you go, wait, are you guys still drugged up or? <laughs> Paul Rudd's run into this building is the best oh, thing in this movie, shit, yeah. by the way. It's fantastic. And then he tries to lay some logic on us, which we had to rewind and watch twice so I could write down exactly what he says. If Thorn could somehow be trapped by these ruins, the energies could cancel themselves out and the evil could be stopped. All right. Thorn. So by because thorn, it's short, it's simple. <laughs> it makes sense because he said it. Again, just tell people stuff and we eat it up, you know? Because we all watched that the first time. And if it's normal, we just go, well, oh, whatever. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but we had sure. to like, rewind and check it out. If thorn, so when he says thorn, he's, he's meaning Michael, I guess. Yeah. If thorn, because he's the current thorn. I right. Guess. If thorn could somehow be trapped by these rooms, when he means somehow, he means place them I'm in a circle. Put a circle of rocks around his feet. The energies could cancel themselves out. So it would, disp- it would take him out so of the energy and the energy. So the thorns energy and the ruins energy would ruins. cancel each other okay. out. And then yeah. there would be so no energy. So again. he would just be a human. Would yes. he be a nice guy? Or is oh, Michael Myers? No, he'd be pretty pissed at Loomis for shooting him a lot yeah. of you times. You shot me six times. It's like, dude. Those are his first words. Dude. Dude, what the fuck? I thought you were my doctor. Oh, dude. Uncool, bro. <laughs> Not chill. It is Keanu Reeves under the mic. <laughs> what? Because, the ba- I mean, it's fucked, but the babysitter said he heard voices when he was a kid. So he's always been evil motherfucker. So he's yeah, always had thorn Yeah, but maybe it's like the thorn goes from person to person. 
Though it's only in one, well, no, it's not. Which only means one that they did it? have to have got his mother pregnant in order to do kind of what they're doing now. Yeah, uh, but they didn't get Kara pregnant, and her son hears it. It's a fucking hot mess. I mean, God bless this writer's trying, but it's still a fucking. Because Danny mess. hears the voice, and his mom was not associated with this at all. No. And also, the voice is that doctor guy. But then, what is what did the energies going to cancel out do? He's just still going to be a dick. He's just not going to be controlled yeah, by. Yeah, but them. he'll be like immobilized at least. It'll we'll just have stop these, him. Like, superhuman strength and teleportation. I don't know. Anyway, there we go. Moving Do- on. Dr. Wynn <laughs> wants Loomis to join us. Duh. He literally says it like that. It's ridiculous. Join, join us. us. You should join us. Very evil dead. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Paul Rod suddenly sees a druid just walking away from him. Like he just. He just is like an NPC in a computer game that just spawned in it in just, the wrong place yep, and it just walked. Exactly what happened. <laughs> just fabricated right in front of him. His friend Loomis says, You wait here. And he's like, oh, All right. <laughs> and he comes back to him. He's just holding his little bag of ruins. Like, some ruins, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking down his corridor. And then suddenly a druid just turns up. He's like, I'll probably follow that dude. He does it in the fashions. best way, too, where he's just like, dun, 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 just like. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so Doctor Wynn like, says it's, oh, it's fucking. This is the way it really got bullshit for me. He's saying it's to restore the balance to the world's madness. Because he's talking about all the bad things happening in the world. <laughs> to restore the balance to the world madness, Michael is needed. Like he restores that balance. How? How? He only kills family members. <laughs> it's not like yeah. he's going off and killing, you know, yeah. presidents yeah. or money launderers or whatever. Yeah, he's no Thanos. No, he's no Thanos. He's just a man. Thank- with a knife, ready to cut into. Who hates his family? He's yeah. just an angry mechanic chef. Like yeah. he's not. He's like, I want to get into culinary, but my family forced me into life of machinery. I'm so conflicted, <laughs> so angry. I don't know what my real passions are. <laughs> they need to be like. There needs to be an end game. It needs to be. Oh, we've been building him towards this point, and this is what's going to happen. But he keeps getting distracted. Guess we're in the <laughs> real end game now. Um, they keep bringing family in. Keep bringing family in. You keep bringing. I go. You thought you were done in. now. Guess <laughs> what? <laughs> Shitty boyfriends. We have to keep him away from the teenage girls. Seriously, <laughs> he gets very distracted. <laughs> Paul Rudd is watching the ritual happen again. This is all only in the producer's card. Does not happen in the in the regular theatrical one. Michael's just hanging out as well. Yeah, Down just standing there. He's ready for, to do his deed. Like, finally, a break. When did Someone Mike else turn? does the work? This is the difference that comes to these films at different times. There's like a early 20s and there's a late teenager uh, watching these films. I love Michael, you know, and he was my first sort of introduction to what a slasher killer could be like. And he fucking killed me. Seeing him in this movie is just this lap dog, just hanging out on the side, doing what he's told. It's like, this is ruins everything. Ruins everything. Whereas now I can come to it a little differently. You know, I've been way more critical of the previous films. So, you know. I just, I just think it's so weak that they... That the whole concept of her, of Jamie having had this baby in the first place was based on Michael having sex with her. When Oh yeah, did I skip over that? I think we did, because we, we didn't even touch on that. Yeah, that's the only her. reason they keep her alive, is to show her have this weird dream. Oh yeah, dream. we didn't even talk about oh, when she gets, yeah. skipped a line, yeah, she gets shot. Sorry, I had it written down, I yeah. skipped over accidentally. Yeah. She gets shot. Again, yeah, like, there's no reason to keep her alive other than for that. And to you could have, have had flashback. that at the beginning when she's driving yeah. or yeah. You don't need it. Like, why keep her alive? It's a pretty cool shot. Like, they shoot it pretty the bomb, but pretty well but yeah why they keep jamie alive for the hospital and then they just kill him. and this flashback yeah i nearly warned you guys at the beginning because i had seen it in a while and i remember there's a controversial scene that some people take huge offense to because yeah there is like people do tend to uh interpret it as she's meant to be 14 and she's being raped by michael myers and 
you do see this shot of her sort of legs opening a bit while he walks towards her. It's not really as explicit as it sounds when you say it. It's actually kind of tame when you watch it. But it's definitely fucked up and uncomfortable and weird. And but that's stupid. what's meant to have happened? Yeah. They get Michael to But he's have not sex human. So how can he be having human well, functioning? I mean, he is human, but he's just not. But that, by no, human but like law. he doesn't he's have a heartbeat. <laughs> Does he not? That's what they said. Is like he does. He's not. I don't know. Well, zombie sex. That's gross. But this is not in the theatrical cut. This was, and then he would not was, have had that cute baby. No. <laughs> this is one. Well, he was a good looking. Guy. Well, yeah, he was angelic. Not a zombie. This is one of the scenes that I was the first to go um, from this original cut, and so the theatrical cut does not have this. So it was quite That's a shock when okay. people watching the producer's cut. This was the thing that people would say about like, oh. fucking because no one knew where Jamie had this baby from. Only Slut. the people who had seen this producer's cut. And I'm like, it's Michael's baby. <laughs> Which that's, made it that's really, really weird. Do you not get that from that scene then? What? That it was Michael's baby. No, I got it. Okay. I was just clarifying. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I'm having, I'm struggling to visualize Michael having sex. Try with anyone, to. especially in front of people, yeah, because it's his first <laughs> he time. He doesn't seem like a public guy, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's really weird. <laughs> so Paul Rudd's watching uh, this ritual happening. Danny seems pretty, uh, pretty cool with it all. And Paul finds some robes just hanging up. It's all expecting him to like kill that guy and take his clothes, but instead, no, it's Paul Rudd. Him. He's not going to kill anybody. I remember scenes. I don't know if they're in the theatrical one, but I remember scenes of Paul Rudd in this costume for a bit with like the hood pulled over, doing sort of like Paul like, Rudd stuff. Sneaky, walking. Sneaky. <laughs> instead, <laughs> in this edit, there's no reason for him to have been in the robe because yeah. he just blows his cover immediately. <laughs> he just shows up, and they're like, "Why are you wearing that?" <laughs> so Michael's meant to kill the newborn baby, and Danny is meant to kill his mother. Right. Not entirely sure what happens afterwards. World peace, I presume. But why did why was Danny's mom dressed in the getting pregnant outfit? I don't know. I don't know. Why didn't they just kill a baby? Also, why did they need another baby? The correct measurements on her body to give her (laughs) such a nice gown. Yeah, she was much taller than Danny was. Yeah. That person that does all their wardrobe, like the the cult and the dress the is like on lady. call. They're like, hey, really Druid seamstress, we need you to make a dress Druid right now. seamstress. <laughs> More shoulder pads. That. Um, she just turns though and implores at Michael kind of calmly, which I like. I like it when people try and reason with Michael and he responds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. But Paul Rudd's fucking all over it. He just, <laughs> he just blazes in there, takes Dr. Wynn hostage, and then gets him out of there. Mm-hmm. There's really no problem whatsoever. There's a lot of Druids in there. Yeah, they don't do shit. Anyway. They're all old. Yeah, I was like, oh. There's like no young druids. It's all like old people. Yeah, well. That's a lot. Young kids with their rock and roll. So this is where the two versions of the film drastically change. But in the producer's <laughs> cut, the alarm goes off. Michael comes after them pretty quick. Um, and there's a long scene, basically, of Michael just walking towards them down this corridor for ages. It's a cool shot. The camera moves really cool up to him. Yeah, it's, it's a nice a cool long shot. corridor. In the theatrical cut, there's a lot more violence. There's a lot more running around, chasing uh, Michael. To be honest, I love Michael in the theatrical cut that you guys just saw afterwards uh, when he's sort of killing people and stuff. Like, he shows real sort of, oh, he snapped out of it. He actually goes and kills all of the main druids who are scientists. They're not dressing up in their druid costumes most of the time. They're in, like, suits and stuff. More businessmen and doctors. I've forgotten what they're doing in there, but they're doing something uh, with the baby fetuses that we mm. then see later and stuff. And he just fucking kills them all because he's had enough. I love it. And then he, um, yeah, kills this other doctor that's running away, smashing him through the gate, and then just walks straight through it. Like, he feels like a, he's, okay, he's becoming a powerhouse now, um, which yeah. is more how I feel he needs to be. Uber Michael. So I would love a way to have some of these scenes 
I feel there's another cut you could make, you know, taking the yeah. best bits of both versions to make yeah. the best version of it. And I might do that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what we, what we get here is basically him walking towards them very slowly for a long time as Paul Rudd lays out some runes. We used to play some Dungeons and Dragons in the middle of the hallway. Step into my circle, friend. In my circle. He's like, I love circle. I don't love circles. Hey, hey my name is Tane, and I'm here to entertain you. <laughs> Jesus. Right. <laughs> Turns out to Paul right there. Okay. I'll show you after. He shoots the gate open. There's some good light. It is worth watching. If you're interested in how films are made, watch the original ending and watch this ending to see how you intercut the same shots in completely different contexts yeah. to make you a different story. a different story. Michael just grabs Paul Rudd and pulls him in the air while he's inside the ruined circle. So Paul Rudd just says, Sam Hain, motherfucker. He wish he swears. He should swear at the end of that. He's Sam Hain, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So he just puts him down and then freezes. And then Paul Rudd comes outside to everybody looking really chuffed. And just says, the power of the rune stopped him. <laughs> he's like, you guys, it really worked. It's really weird. He's in the circle. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life has not been wasted. Oh, that line, that line is legendary in the horror circles as well. Power of, that's when people talk about this movie. And they're like, oh, what? The Power of the Rune stopped in movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Wynn comes up to Michael and he seems really stressed out about it. I don't know why. I just moved well, yeah, because his- he's not moving. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, is that meant to have irrevocably... Oh, I guess it is. That's no, it just completely cancelled out. Yeah. No, but I think it's cancelled out their control over him. Because yeah. he seems freaked out about it. And then what happens later means sure. they don't have control over him anymore. Uh, so Paul Rudd, Cara and Danny are just suddenly in a car heading out. Which in the theatrical cut is even more sudden. They do yes. some other stuff. They stab him, make him sleepy with some needles. And then they're just suddenly outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Loomis goes to go back in. Well, says he's got important business to do. And then it just sort of ends with the sound of him screaming. And you're like, what? And you have no idea why. Yeah. And then what's really sad, it comes up with in loving memory of Donald Pleasance. It's like, this is did inappropriate. Did you kill him? <laughs> it really did. Like, it's really yeah. up. But in this original producer's cut version, Loomis yeah, says he's got to attend some business and it makes way more sense. He re-enters the building, finds Michael dead in the middle of the ruins. Well, he's but just no. sleeping. Deactivated. It's a ruse. He takes off the mask. It a is ruse in the rune. A ruse in the runes. <laughs> Takes off the mask, it's Dr. Wynn, who's suddenly Loomis's friend again. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, he got away. And Michael's out. Michael's out. I was like, yeah, you fucking did this, you idiot. Loomis then looks down at his arm after the, the Dr. Wynn's grabbed him and said, it's your problem now, basically. Looks down at his arm and a thorn symbol just burns into it with bad CGI. Stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he starts screaming like a maniac. <laughs> 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 yeah! like, there he is what's weirder, that he, what's weirder than he screams like a maniac is then he's hanging out long enough that he stops screaming like a maniac and then just looks like are they gonna call cut okay, are we done you'll <laughs> edit this amazing. out right I, go home now? I need a tipple guys I need a drink but no that's it then we see the man in black walking away he kind of turns for camera a little bit profile profile looks like it's fucking Dr. Wynn playing yeah. us, but whatever but if we pan down he's got burnt hand which should be enough to tell us, oh, it's Michael. And the boots. But then we get down to the boots. How's the boots really? Because the music goes... They just got to show that it's not the cowboy boots anymore. Oh, it's not yeah. the cowboy boots. Yeah, it's all about them a, shoes. Because he's a working clink, man. Clink, clink. Like, the context and the burnt hand was enough. Like, yeah. when you're under the boots and then the music goes... Yeah, like, the hand what? is the bigger reveal, I think. Which yeah. means he's not afraid to get down and dirty. He is not. He's now the creeper is on. what is happening. Yeah. His boots yeah. were made for killing. Our boots were made for dancing. Guys, 
We end by going back to a random house, or is it his house? There's a pumpkin outside, and that's it. No reason. It is his house. I was expecting the candle to blow out, but it doesn't seem to. I think just... they tried to, and it didn't, so they're like, <laughs> they're just oh, like cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael is out there, free in the world, not controlled for the first time, even though wow. until this movie we didn't know he was controlled. Yeah, well. <laughs> so basically, the writer has quite cleverly tried to deal with everything we've had. Sometimes successfully, sometimes not, in terms of just dealing with it, whether we like it or not, it's different. And then found a way, yeah, to allow him, all right, now he's off. He doesn't have to only kill his family now. (laughs) You can do whatever he wants to do now. You can continue without worrying about that stupid thorn thing, without worrying about the man in black thing. Yeah. Although, yeah, they set up Donald Pleasance with the thorn on his arm, so that could have been a problem moving forward. But sadly, Donald Pleasance died, which meant that they didn't even have the option of that. There's no way they're going to recast. I don't want it. It's not going to happen. So yes, the film, when it was finished, did terribly at test screenings, really, really badly. This is why the film changed so much. But the problem was they were test screening it to mostly 14-year-old boys, 14 and 15-year-old boys. What mailing flyer is that that they send out that they're like, only your kids, only the boys thought were applicable? their demographic that's weird uh, so they took the notes of these and the kids kind of liked it but they were just like no enough for this no enough for this blah, blah, blah. <laughs> more boobs so <laughs> they uh reshot almost a third of this film which is oh why the God. two cuts are so drastically different Jeez. including changing the ending massively yeah and then during the production as well as that dimension films were having huge budget issues with another film they were making a little film that you katie justin and myself have covered called hellraiser 4 bloodline otherwise oh, known geez. as pinhead in space <laughs> Dude, so good. Adam Scott. <laughs> so what they did in order to help that production out is they took $1 million from the Halloween 6 budget and put it into Hellraiser Bloodlines to get them through that production. So that really fucked this up as well. So if you consider reshooting another third of your movie and you've had a million dollars taken away from your budget, and at that point that's about a sixth of your budget anyway, it makes things very, very difficult. Pretty much everyone from the cast and crew disowns this movie or tries to disown this movie, except for Brian Andrews. <laughs> so... Brian Andrews isn't in the movie. He played Tommy Doyle in the first Halloween. And the producers wanted him for the role. They were like, let's bring him back because he's the right age now to play this role. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a time before social media, if you could believe that. Anyone who's listening. And they, he didn't have an agent. So they could not find any way to get in contact with him. <laughs> they had no idea how to get hold of him. And he found out about it later. And he really, really fucking hates that he missed this opportunity. Aww. He would have loved to have got to come back as grown up. Tommy Aww. Doyle. Yeah. Yeah, which is sad. Like, if this had had him grown up and it had, had Daniel Harris as, you know, Jamie f- finishing her role at the yeah. age, it would have been cool. Yeah. It would have been cool. Yeah. All right, though. I feel like they really could have found him, but they didn't really try. <laughs> Just, they could have asked his old agent no, for his contract. he looks conf- so much more appropriate as to what that kid grew into than Paul Rudd. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Like that. Oh yeah, that's oh it looks exactly like he did as a kid. Terrifying looking yeah. at you from across the room. Oh man! Imagine that guy yeah, playing that with runes, and staring <laughs> at you out the window, taking photos of you changing. Steven, little baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Daniel Farrens, who had written the movie, he suggested that the film was called The Curse of Michael Myers because of the terribly troubled production and the idiots behind the film let it stick. So that's wow. why we have a film called Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. It's an in joke for how difficult it was just to fucking get him made. Uh, which is pretty funny. But this, well, yeah, and, and of course, Donald Pleasance died on February the 2nd, 1995. Despite all of this, despite the trouble production, despite reshooting a third of it, the film had the biggest opening weekend of the entire franchise to this what? point. What? 
Uh, it didn't make as much money in the long haul because reviews <laughs> got out. But the open weekend, biggest opening. So it did all right. But do we feel that it did all right? <laughs> Katie Watson, let's start with you. Can you tell me, please, how you felt about Halloween 6 and what on earth you wish for next? I'm struggling so hard with this one. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, a fool's errand to try and connect all of these things into one blob of a story. In some ways, I think it's great, but in other ways, it's kind of like very muddled fan fiction. There's a lot of things I like about this, and then there's a lot of things I, I don't. Obviously, number one is Paul Rudd. He's fantastic. I like Loomis better in this. I like Michael better in this. I don't mind the other characters other than the cliche, like, mom and dad. But they're just fodder for kills, so it's fine. I like Michael's energy, but I would still like more interesting kills. Because, like, the most interesting one was the very first one where he, like, puts her on the spike. And that's all we're really going to get in this whole thing. From there, it kind of just nosedives. And I don't, I don't really know where to, like, get my finger holds in this thing. Because... Thumb holds? <laughs> yeah. There is nowhere to put my thumbs. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Did it break you? A little. Because I don't hate it. Because it's fine. But it's, it's just that. It's just fine. I don't... That's all I got. That's all right. I'm going to be 5 out of 10. I want to read Loomis's book, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was all excited. I was like, yay, Loomis wrote a book. That's yeah. all I wanted him to do. He's going to make some money for the last like, Loomis year. should write a no. book. But he does it on a typewriter. It's brilliant. <laughs> okay. So your review is, you're not sure. <laughs> it's not... It's not terrible. Okay. It's, it's not great. It's fine. <laughs> it is a thing. And I know you have seen the next one, but if you hadn't, what? It's been what, ages, though. I really don't remember anything right. other than one thing, but yeah. I'm not going to say it. What would you uh, want, continuing from Michael Myers, Loomis now with Thorn? <laughs> well, there's, we're not moving from this point on because like, we're not going to be is with. This the end of an era. We're not yes. going to be with Michael, him being like rogue and doing whatever he wants, really. I mean, his goals are still going to be maintained. Well, the problem is we don't know. We don't know if his family killing goals were because of the thorn or because of the druids or because of just him. Like that's the problem that this created. But you just want the same stuff, I guess. You've been wanting. Yes, <laughs> this one really threw me. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I want anymore. I just don't want this person to write the stories anymore. Okay. Unless you know, my, Paul Rudd's going to keep playing Dungeons and Dragons and making <laughs> circles and shapes and stuff and trapping serial killers. That was pretty great. I don't know. <laughs> Love it. Allie, what about you? How did, did you, is it just fine? Is it amazing? It's not amazing. Paul Rudd is amazing. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> but he's so Which cute. makes him oh, amazing. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's not horrible. It's not great. I think I agree with Katie that what this writer was tackling is seems like a nearly impossible feat and the fact that he was able to do it with such i think there's going to be questions regardless because it is impossible to tie everything together with a hundred percent clear answers on every aspect so it's surprising that i think we have few questions in comparison to what it could have been if we had had a different writer i think he did a pretty good job considering the task and i like that he came back with like the little details that 
are pulled from the first movie, like Paul Rudd remembering fo- like being bullied and falling yeah, on his big foot. Like just little things that. like that. that I think are really cute and charming and I like that he did that. You asked me about this earlier. I think with this movie I had an easier time ignoring the fact that he just appears everywhere because this is the film that so far that tackles the most of this like voodoo-y side of it. Uh, ignoring Season of the Witch. Because in all the other films, he's just a person. So it's it's harder for me to be like, okay, well, he's just a, appearing out of nowhere and that makes no sense and that's impossible. Versus in this one, we're very, very much into this like weird devil lord person that they're worshiping and this backwards Bible stuff. So I guess it makes more sense. I'm not super into that kind of stuff as a movie. I've said this before on podcasts. I am always more interested and more scared by something that feels like it could potentially happen. And this gets very far away from that for me. So if it could, which I, I mean, the first one, at least he's just a person and it's scary to see a kid do something like that. But yeah, I, it was fine. It's not my favorite kind of horror movie, but it wasn't as horrible as two or three. You really I didn't like two, did you? I think two was awful. Oh. Yeah, I think the you writer deserves the <laughs> I think the writer deserves a lot of credit for pulling off what he did, even if it wasn't done seamlessly. For and the you, next one you I have no idea what's next. No. I have seen posters. Okay. Okay. So I have a vague sense of Okay people it'll involve okay but yeah i'd like it to kind of get people in the movie thorns um yeah i'd like it to get away from the thorn stuff i'd like it to stay away from the sam hain stuff i'd like it to dive deeper into the psychology of michael and i'd like it to be more real and more about relationships and people trying to get close to him and reason with him okay okay Justin, sir. Hey, hey. Yeah, I agree with both of them about like the writer. It was very ambitious type of thing to do. Um, I think the producer's cut makes it bearable, and it wasn't too bad. It was, you know, pretty enjoyable, mainly because Paul Rudd was in it. Um, <laughs> and we're all in agreement. Yeah. Theatrical cut, man. That's so crazy. Definitely feel bad for everyone who had to watch that and didn't get to watch the producer's cut because it's different in like the, I don't even know where to begin. Just like those cuts that they have for the theatrical, it's like, holy shit, what is this? This is like garbage, epilepsy. The producer one, at least, like the beginning of it, I was like, oh God, really? It's going to be like this. And then it kind of, once Paul Rudd's character was introduced or whatever, there was like a little bit of sense of urgency. So everything was moving fast. It wasn't just like, oh, it's going to be crazy just to be crazy. There was, like, some logic made due to, like, what the writer had to work with, which is tying in all these different storylines, which were kind of out out there. The only character I felt, like, really... I mean, there was... I cared about Paul Rudd's character, of course. (laughs) The mom. I just felt bad for the mom, dude. She, like, didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And she was just trying to leave the house, and I was like, great, this person has to die. She's... Doing laundry. Chose a shitty husband. Yeah. If you choose a shitty husband, you will die. Maybe not from them, but from some crazy dude in a mask. <laughs> and yeah, the little the little details that the writer 
brought made it enjoyable. It was like a cool homage kind of thing to like everything that was made. If the series was to be like completely done, it would have been like, wow, that was a really good movie to end the entire franchise. Like it wasn't too bad. It was like tacky, but enjoyable tacky. I really don't care for that stupid like magic runes ritual crap. So in the next film, I don't want to see any of that. I want to see more reasons to actually like Michael Myers. Um, this made me just go really don't care. And also he's like a cowboy now at the end. He's like, ah, I got my poncho on. I'm going <laughs> to ride off. Just, I'm free. Um, yeah. Uh, and then also taking place outside of the same town. Like how does this town not have like a setup where it's like, Oh, if there's a Michael Myers situation, let's go code 63. And the fucking national guard comes in, locks <laughs> down the entire town. Everyone goes into bunkers. Yeah. Anyone who wears that mask. Yeah. There would be laws against that mask. You could have Halloween's, but it would be like police at every corner or some shit. Yeah. So get out of that town, go somewhere else space still, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> and Paul Rudd could come back. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> or some other like actor that has made it. That's cool. Like Keanu Reeves or you know, <laughs> whatever. Matthew McConaughey, Billy Zane. Oh, jeez. We're just listing crazy people. <laughs> you could. Yeah. So that's, that's my two. This might be the most positive group, group review of Halloween 6 has ever happened. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's fine. It was, it was like. I think. All right. It's not offensive. I thought I was going to come across maybe as the most positive on this film, which was a shock for me. But I feel like what I have to say, because no one has, like, this is terrible. Like, the movie is terrible in terms of. What it does to Halloween is terrible. It just, it's, this is, the, you always get to at some point in the franchise, and this is the one where it's like, just takes the, the franchise and the lore and just fucks it completely. And like I say, yeah, I respect the writer for trying to take all these things that were left over, but like, weren't necessarily intended. And I think it's very, very, like, it's a lot of research, a lot of passion in there. But by doing that, and that's why most fans hated it for so long, if, fucks everything about michael completely it fucks everything about the lore of michael like it doesn't allow him to be what he's been for the other films like this is not talking about the film's quality it's just talking about what it does for the story and the franchise and i think that's really really important and understandable why people are angry about that and when i was a hyper fan of michael myers and halloween i was fucking furious about it like i really really was but now as you get older you're like oh it's just a movie <laughs> and you come back and you know, the other ones, the sequels aren't that great anyway, to be honest. It's just a fucking weird movie. Like, the ruined stuff is so stupid and terrible. So stupid and terrible. And just one of those druid costumes is just enough to think this is a piece of shit, to be honest. And there's a whole host of people wearing them in the producer's cut. Way more of it, which is unfortunate. But, like I said last episode, and like I said in so many of these, I'm looking to be scared or to have fun. Not scared still. Getting closer. A couple of moments, the blood from the tree was a little bit chilling for me. Michael Myers definitely has more urgency in the theatrical cut. There's a couple of cool bits. But I am having more fun. And it's because it's so bad. It's Mm -hmm. kind of good. And it's got a brevity to it. It's got some production value to it. Still not enough money. But it's having a bit more fun with it. Even though it's taking it pretty seriously. Paul Rudd is taking it so seriously. He's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Without him, this thing would have changed hard. Yeah. It would be the worst. Yeah. It would be really, really bad. I like Donald Pleasance in this. Yeah, but the lead girl doesn't do much. No. Danny no. doesn't even need to be in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. why He's just a little mouth breather, yeah, kid. Just like, let's get a, another act, famous actor. 
Uh, let's get this little kid who kind of looks like Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be in the movie. So yeah, it, and the father's terrible. The mother just weirds me out. I remember, this is the thing, I remember this movie being really one of those ugly ones where it's like, it's ugly. The theatrical cut has an awesome electric guitar soundtrack. And I was like, this is just horrible. Like, just, oh. Watching it now, it's all like, it's pretty clean. It's pretty tame. The Blu-ray version of the producer's cut is beautifully remastered. So it just feels, oh, it's kind of a handsome movie. It looks kind of nice. Not incredible, but it's got some elegance to it. And with the classic piano theme tune that's in the producer's cut, it does feel a bit more, yeah, classic Halloween rather than getting into the stupidity of, you know, sequels. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of with you guys. Where the fuck this is going to end at the end for me? Like where, where, where I put it? I have no idea. This is one that I just really think, yeah, if you haven't seen any other Halloween films, definitely don't start here. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't. But you got to come in with an open heart after being, I think you need to be a fan and then come in with an open heart and just be like, you know, I just want to. I think you should watch Season time. of the Witch and then this one will be great. <laughs> These the yeah. those are the double bill. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. Be hilarious. Or fire inducing. It's one of the two. <laughs> It'll just burn your whole house down. But yeah, man. I'm just I'm genuinely just shocked that I kind of like it. It's certainly this is not a masterpiece people say. Like when people no. say, Oh, the producer's cut is this lost masterpiece, bullshit. No. It is not a lost masterpiece. It is a more coherent version of the, the story they were trying to tell. Um, with some bits better, some bits worse, but at least it, it does tell its story of putting ruins in circles around people. It's still the macaroni art. Of Mother's Day. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not good. It is not good. It's got good intentions, but it's not good. It was more watchable, though, than Part 5 for me, I will, for sure. Um, Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Part 5 was a bit of a nightmare for me with the direction of that one. Where I wanted to go next, unfortunately, I know very well where it's going next. And I don't like to spoil stuff with you guys too much. I always give a little hint, but I don't like to say things about the next episode. But I will say a little bit at the end. Before we get there, though, please head over to We Are Geeks. Please do support us. Please get to us on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a rating. And rate. Pretty nice. I don't really mention it much, but if you're on our website, weirdgeeks.com, you can then hit the contact. It's like a little envelope and you can email us. Or you can just shoot an email. Mail at... Shoot an email. Mail at weirdgeeks.com. Mail at weirdgeeks.com. And you can uh, tell us what franchise you want us to cover. Let us know your opinions on uh, the producer's cut or theatrical cut of Halloween 6. Which one you prefer? And also, you can then go to our social medias and you can listen to all of our old podcasts and all that fun stuff. We're a production company right out of London, LA, and Tokyo called We Are Tessellate. And we make feature films and short films and other things as well. And we just made a first film called Starfish. You can follow that on the social medias if you're kind enough to. Just Starfish Mixtape at Starfish Mixtape. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. And we'll have a website up soon as well called Starfish Mixtape where you'll be able to watch a little sort of teaser thing. I am Mr. Al White. On all the social medias and on the Xbox. I T S R A D L E Y. It's Radley. You can follow me on Instagram where you can look at pictures of food. It's my dearest Watson. Allie. You can follow me on Instagram, which is a mixture of photos, not usually food. You have good, like, landscape travel stuff. Sometimes dogs. Sometimes dogs. Who doesn't love a dog? Maybe Michael. People that I don't want in my he life. He didn't kill a dog this time. That's good. Oh, he's it's true. making progress. It means they've been telling him to the other time. So they're <gasps> in control. The druids. Mm. He doesn't want to eat druids. the dog. Druid. What, Next. What's wait? wait Friday. What's, she, she didn't say her Instagram handle. <laughs> she just said you, you can follow me. Instagram handles Allie Sue. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she was like, you can follow me on so Instagram. I don't have don't pictures. And all the followers yeah. I'm going to get from right, this, I down. wouldn't have gotten. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, Damn it. All right. So. I'm going to let you guys know then, like I said, there are eras in these franchises. We're now at the end of an era. I can tell you a few things. Number one, 
the thorn era is over. Thank goodness. Hallelujah. There will not be any more talk about thorns or druids. Ta-ta. Unless the new film is all about that, which I don't know. They come back with Paul Rudd (laughs) and this storyline. What else can I tell you? I am really fucking excited because we're going into, in my opinion, incredibly good, incredibly bad, but entertaining and very fucking weird. We're going to go to some strange places in the next four films before we get to the new one, uh, which looks quality. So we're, we've got a much easier ride ahead of us. I'm going to tell you that. They're all going to be more money. They're all going to be slicker. They're going more to be doing money. some strange stuff. More There's money, more hate, But at least it'll be more interesting. More my yay. My yay. Next week in particular, I'm incredibly excited. We're going to be covering Halloween H2O 20 years later. And we're going to be asking that important question. Well, why do people in the call ocean? It, what, exactly. We're going to be asking that important question. Why do people call it H2O? Because it's Halloween H20 <laughs> is what it should be. Because it's 20 years since the original film. We're going to have two returning things to our horror show number one we're going to be getting back a director that we've covered before and us three at least like you katie me and justin this is the director of friday the 13th part two right. and three Ooh. two was our favorite you and me yeah. justin of the entire friday the 13th franchise yeah uh he also directed lake placid Ooh. i know right Uh, and a little bit of Dawson's Creek as well (laughs) what am I doing I don't like cats (laughs) (laughs) and I think this will come as news potentially only to Justin but we'll also next week be returning to the story of Laurie Strode with the return of Jamie Lee Curtis for Halloween H2O 20 years later. Yay! Till then, we are out. Geeks. Out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks out.